interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, and welcome, younglings and gentle beings, to the Moss Eisley Cantina. This is Not a Robot Star Wars Podcast, The Cantina. This podcast will be reviewing all things Star Wars and anything even remotely related to our favorite space opera. I am your host, Jedi Jeremy, and as always, we have our co-host, Caitlin. Hello. All right. <laughs> Today, uh, we will all be beginning our journey through the animated series, The Clone Wars. Make sure you listen till the very end to find out how you can play a part into the continual development of the show. In today's episode, we will be discussing what we like, dislike, fun facts, and whatever else we feel like talking about, about the entire first season of the Star Wars Clone Wars show. Now, this is different than the Clone Wars micro-series that came out just previous to that, and we'll be talking about that a little bit. Uh, but before we begin, I would like to take a minute to give a big thank you to all of the humans and Patreon supporters who make what we do possible and give this war-waging wanderers the ability to speak on something we love. All right. Without further ado, let's jump right in with how this season has impacted the Star Wars story and just our general feelings about the show. Now, uh, for me, I have not seen the entirety of the uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, I was uh, just remarking to Caitlin how... I've really only seen like the first season and a half or so previously, so uh, I'll be coming at it kind of fresh. But I have seen this this one that we're going to be talking about here, and um, I generally thought it was a good introduction to everybody. <laughs> that's that's basically how I took the season. I mean, there was just a whole bunch of names and places and and just like uh, relationships thrown at us. I think. Um, now, Caitlin, you've seen more of. Uh, Clone Wars than I than I have I think right yeah so I've seen the entire series um, and fairly recently it was one of my you know quarantine all right time to get around to watching all of this uh, viewings and so I'm now going through a rewatch season by season as we record um, which I guess will be interesting because I I didn't break it up by season when I was first watching it it was just kind of on you know, as much as I was awake for about yeah. the standard bench, <laughs> like weeks. I'll go until my eyes. Bleed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so this is, yeah, this will be my second viewing. I don't want to say ever. I know I've attempted it at least once before this past year, but this is my second viewing where I'm going to watch the whole series through, uh, and within the span of, I would say at least 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we will, I think we'll definitely be finishing sooner than 18 months, man. Oh, I mean, it's been uh, less than 18 months since I started it the oh, last okay. time. Oh, okay, yes, all right. I was about to say, I'm like, wait, my math's not checking out. I think we're going to do that a lot quicker, but... Oh, yeah, so, go, yeah, oh, so no, all this won't stuff take is still long. pretty fresh in your mind. Like, you already know where all of these characters are going to go and if they live or die or anything, huh? I mean, most of them, yeah, but there are... I talk about expanding the universe. I mean, we were saying when we watched the prequels that we felt like they were trying to fit too much in the movies. Well, here's where they had room to explain all of it, huh? Yeah, and thus they <laughs> did. Yeah. <laughs> and some of it's great, and some of it I forgot immediately, and so it's new to me all over again, and I'm sure mm -hmm. that by the time we are recording the final season, I will forget again, because there's right? just so much. Yeah. And I know we, uh, we're we probably going to talk about some of our favorite highlights about the, the whole season in entirety, and you know may localize on an episode or two, but... You know, we can we can try to cover every episode, but it seems like some episodes just not a whole lot happened. So we might we might muddle over those. We'll see. Yeah, 
I think uh, we, we had talked about in the first season, especially, um, because spoiler alert, not for anything in particular, but in later seasons, there are longer plot arcs um, that will stretch over several episodes of the whole season. But for the first season, it's really just we're at the beginning of the war. Here are a bunch of different places and people and how they're involved. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I... Uh... The first thing that struck me off the bat was the uh, the intro announcer. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about that? So I'm not entirely sure. Um, every time I hear him, I keep getting reminded of the intro announcer from The Legend of Korra. Oh, I knew, I knew you were going to say that. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> he, except that one. He's a little more mid-Atlantic game show hosty kind. And this one's more of a, you know, like radio drama kind yeah. of person, I think. Is he also the voice of the admiral on like the the main ship that they go around on feels like the voice actor's the same but i'm not sure i haven't looked that up yet um, yeah i haven't either well you can you can look it up and i will talk about the fact that this um these sort of like opening recaps have been very polarizing with people i know who've watched the series um they sort of take the place of the scroll in all of the right. movies right it's a right, quick yeah. here's your location here are the characters you're going to be dealing with for this episode I don't, I don't think they do it on every single episode, but it's on a lot of them, um, obviously, especially in this first season. Um, and I like it for the same reason I, I love the scroll and miss it when it's gone, and that's I love a recap to, right, <laughs> to right, make sure yeah. I'm on topic and that I'm retaining all the right information. Um, and I enjoy it in Legend of Korra, too, because I also like that sort of old-timey newsreel commentary. It's just, you know, it's, it's fun for me. It's a nice medium. I have at least one friend who's a huge Star Wars fan, like obviously has seen all the movies, has, plays the games, has read the books, couldn't finish this series because he was too irritated by, by the, by the opening, opening commentary. Couldn't wow. get couldn't get past it. Man. <laughs> I'll have I'll have to see if it like it might now that you've like brought it up like full force, I don't I hope it doesn't bug me too much. I don't think it will. I think it'll be fine. Um but yeah, it's the the recap. I'll definitely agree with. I I love especially because you know um, half the time I'm a I'm a child of the of the '80s, so the television was always on, and half the time it's on at my house just in the background, not even playing anything important. It's just background noise. But also when it's something I'm trying to watch, I'll still get distracted, and the and the recaps will really help me remember what's going on. Oh yeah. So. And you're talking um, about being a child of the 80s. This is like, um, you know, it was always easier to follow a show that had a previously on. Especially right, exactly. if, God forbid, you missed a week. Because... Yes. Yeah. And then the reruns and the plan them out of order. You don't know where they're going. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, according to IMDb, yes, uh, the voice of the narrator is the same as uh, Admiral Yularen. So uh, same guy. Okay. Um, I heard a few voice actors uh, in this show that I recognized. Um, probably the 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 biggest one uh, is George Takei. I think mm -hmm. he was uh, later in the season, but like even, even my wife came, she goes, "That's George Takei." Yes, it is. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the other big name I was finding um, was Phil Lamar. Uh, are you a Futurama fan? 
I am. I am a. I'm a Phil Lamar fan. I'll say okay, it. Fan. Fantastic. Point right. blank. Yeah. yeah. And he is yeah. someone who weirdly, whenever I see him in something live action, I'm like, I know who that is. I know who that <laughs> is. I know who. And then it gets to like you know either the opening credit sequence says like guest starring, and I'm like, ah, it's Phil Lamar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huge, huge fan of uh, of the man myself. Um, and uh, he's in like two spots in this season. And so like I had to do like a little like like meerkat like heads up like wait a minute. <laughs> Again? Yeah. There so. are a lot of voice actors who double up or triple up or quadruple up um, throughout the series. Sometimes, you know, over the course of several seasons or several episodes, or as we uh, get to know, like almost immediately in this, in this season. Um, shoot, I've lost his name already. It starts with a J. Regardless. Actor? The or, act, the voice actor, yeah. Uh, James Arnold Taylor. Yes, because that's exactly the point that I'm getting to. Is he plays <laughs> just so so many? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm looking down the IMDb cast page and like everybody. Well, okay, everybody has multiple names next to them except mm -hmm. one person so far, and that's Anthony Daniels, who is only C3PO. Who ever. is yeah? Who is only and always will be C3PO. Yeah. Yes, I so. yeah. If anything ever happens to to Anthony Daniels where he no longer desires to be C3PO, I think the droid should just be retired at this point. Right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, so I like the new Chewbacca. Um, I can never remember his name. He's like Swedish. He is Swedish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but he did a great job in Solo, um, and uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a Chewbacca movie. I mean, I thought he did a fine job in the in the sequel series issues. Of the many issues I had with the, the yeah, sequel none series, of them were with Chewbacca's Chewbacca. performance was not one of them. <laughs> right. So. If anything, it was those porgs, and that was just you know. No, associated. I love the porgs. We've been over this. <laughs> oh God! Um, but yeah. Um, just overall, I, uh, puppy. overall, I, uh, I enjoyed the season. Um, and it, uh, it was much agreed. It did not seem to go anywhere very much, but it's all just the setup for the, for the volleyball spikes that we'll see down the, down the, uh, seasons, I imagine. Yeah. I think most of it, most of it is some of it, if I'm recalling correctly, really just is we go to this planet, we see some people, we do some stuff, we leave and it never gets mentioned again. Um, right. <laughs> but, you know, it was early in the series. I don't think they had, they certainly didn't have the final season written out when they started off, you know, with mm -hmm. season one. I don't know how far into this plot line they had really planned or if the, how much of it they had planned at all. Because it, it must have been a weird experience for the writers to be like, okay, this is the universe you have to work with. These are the characters you have to work with. Fill the time between this this movie and this yeah. movie and make it make, make sure sense. nothing happens to this person and that person <laughs> yeah um well you know they were they were trying to shove a whole lot of new stuff in but um right off the bat in several areas i could see where they were pulling from the original star wars universe like you were just saying mm -hmm. um even some of the more uh I, I don't want to say esoteric but i guess more of the minor minor side characters for instance um the in one of the later episodes we'll we'll talk about specifically um the there's pirates that end up capturing obi-wan and, and anakin mm -hmm. um and they are of a race called weequay 
Oh yeah. Right. Um, I we and Weequay are from the original trilogy. Uh, they are specifically they are seen on Jabba's sail barge uh, as they are about to execute Luke and push him over the edge uh, into the Sarlacc pit. But um, I had I, since I've read the books, you know they've they've gone a little bit back into the like descriptions of them and that stuff. Um, for instance, they communicate uh, primarily by smell. Huh. Yeah, super interesting. Uh, but to the point that they they rarely talk basic. Interesting, because I mean the the weak way that we met, not all of them, but certainly the ringleader was chatty enough. Yes, <laughs> that's one of the things they've changed about it. Um, there are there's two entries now on Wikipedia um, mm-hmm. for you know the the legends weak way that I'm more familiar with, and the new weak way uh, that they show up in in the Clone Wars. Um, who are more talkative and also sound like they're all from New Zealand. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's fine. I love the accents and everything like that. But some of them did get a little weird. Uh, there was a like a little race of monkey people or something like that. And I swear they sounded Irish. They did. Okay. They good. did. I me. noticed okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, wow. All right. And again, this is a race of people that comes up in, in their episode. Uh, and to the best of my knowledge, are never seen again. Love it. So we yeah. don't even have to talk about that one for too long. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Just, hey, was that weird they had an Irish accent? Yeah. Okay. End of story. Here we go. Next one. Um, yeah. Tell you the truth. That might be a few of these episodes here. I know in the later seasons, we'll be able to be like, yes, this the story arc. And like, this is what it means for these characters down the road and everything. And like here, it's just, hey, it's a lot of people. So, uh, but again, um, so far, I'm fairly happy with the blending of old original star wars canon material mm-hmm. and the new stuff that they're trying to push in um maybe it's because i have had a a, a change of palette with the uh, the prequel trilogy um that i'm now more receptive to the clone wars i think maybe um, okay because before I, I didn't get into it because i'm like oh they're just changing everything that i you know it's it's they're doing the same thing that sequel trilogy did and just erase my childhood history so to speak Right. But now I'm like, you know, it's not so bad. It's, you know. I, do you think it's just that you're more ready to embrace the change? Or do you think any part of it is be, through the course of the series, some of it is like maybe a, a slightly more gentle transition? I think it's a, it might be a little bit of both. I mean, you know, it's uh, especially with like a Ahsoka Tano. Um, she has now shown up in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, Played by Rosario Dawson, which awesome, you know, mm-hmm. love her in pretty much every role she's ever done. Um, and so, you know, I guess that also like helped pique my interest because, you know, um, I am sure I, along with a few other uh, Star Wars fans, have been like, so where was she this whole time? Yeah, I so like, can we can we talk about Ahsoka in depth for a little bit? Yes, please. Let's do she that. It's is... not per the episode. So, like, I'm fairly, all I've seen of her is from this first season. So, yeah. you are you're the SME. Go ahead. Well, this, and you, you've seen her in Mandalorian. Yes. Which happens, of course, much later. Right, um, yeah. Just five years after Jedi, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is between uh, clones and Seth. So, yeah. Ahsoka Tano is, I'm pretty sure, my my favorite Jedi. Um <laughs> So to speak, and we can get into that more later. But right now, right. She's, I've heard rumors, but yeah, 
Well, we we've seen where she's at in Mandalorian, um, and where we're at right now in Clone Wars. She's a Padawan, right? Um, but yeah, she was also just kind of a fun fact. So she's voiced in this series pre Rosario Dawson by Ashley Eckstein, who originated the character, who has voice acted her in I think everything where she up until Mandalorian has been played by Ashley Eckstein. Um, oh wow! Okay, so she's like the Harley Quinn style yeah. character, yeah, slash so she, actress, yeah. <laughs> She was, she originated the character, and not only that, she got to appear dressed as her at Disney for some Star Wars Day events, which was pretty exciting. She did some yeah. signings and stuff. And from there, um, I'm not sure how into fashion you are. The answer for me is not very, but when it comes <laughs> to geeky clothes for plus-size people, mm -hmm. I tend to tune in. Um her label isn't specific to bigger sizes, but it does run them, which is why I'm familiar. Have you heard of her universe? Hmm. I don't know if I personally have. My wife is big into fashion. I could ask her about it, but I she's think more to you like would... the vintage stuff. So maybe? Maybe. I think you would know it if you saw it. So it's it's oh, okay. a brand of clothing. She it's They've got their own website, but I think they also distribute through like Torrid and Hot Topic and that kind of thing. And it's all, it's just... Um, you know, geeky clothes for girls. So it'll be something, you know, with the Rebel Alliance print on it, or she oh, has, yeah. there's a pair of leggings that say Tano that have stripes that match Ahsoka's um, nice. uniform, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it so, looks yeah. like they sell like Capulets and things too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And that was all, that's all coming from Ahsoka, from the woman who originated oh she started the company she's it's her company yeah wow that is great that's awesome i'm gonna have to like check into that yeah it's pretty cool yeah. um but back to ahsoka the character yes <laughs> she's in such a weird position in this season right because she's a padawan we're still supposed to believe anakin's a good guy um right yeah but she is like fist clenched throughout several scenes in the season. Oh, yeah. And right away, she's doing all of the things. That's probably why I like her so much. She's calling out all of the things that bothered me when I watched the prequels. <laughs> like, so she'll say, you know, we have to go save the people. We have to do this thing. And Anakin will disagree with her. And he'll be like, you have to listen to your Jedi Master. And she's like, oh, you mean like you do? You know, and I, I want to say the first or second, it wouldn't be the first episode because they're not in the first episode. Right. Um, but in, in the first episode, I think that they're in. She actually calls him on a double standard. She's like, oh, so when you say, when you do something or when you disobey Obi-Wan, it's it's no big deal. But when I try to do it to you, it's unacceptable. Okay. Um, and then later in the series, as you know, one of the things that drives me the absolute craziest um, about the the prequels and throughout this whole series it, it really gets my goat um is that no one suspects that uh palpatine is not a cool dude <laughs> yeah yeah they're just easily i mean i know they they probably like dialed this for a kid's show but like easily bad guy vibes coming off the dude yeah and it's and so and nobody is suspicious of it at any point but in the first season already we have um ahsoka disobeying an order that he gives right at one point he's like return to the senate and we'll go over we'll recap and anakin's like all right let's go back and she goes no there's still people that need saving we're gonna go do our good guy thing and then we'll go back um, yeah so that was <laughs> that's just another like reason i live she's she's defiant but she only tends to be defiant when it's in defense of someone else 
Yeah, um, the uh, standard chaotic good alignment. Yeah. Um, whereas Anakin is definitely more chaotic neutral at this point, at least. At least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in um, mind, we're still supposed to believe he's a good guy, but he has already done his first murder spree. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, this is, this is, yeah, that's already established in the movie. So, like, <laughs> um... I'm a, and so he is still technically a knight, right? Even though he's got a, a Padawan. I, so I'm not entirely up on the Jedi ranking system because Ahsoka calls him master. Right, as she should. But I don't, I can't remember anyone else calling him that. And okay. I think that's mostly because he's referred to either by first name only by Obi-Wan mm. and Padme or occasionally Jar Jar. Right. Um, or he's referred to as, you know, Jedi. Right. Or and not by Skywalker name at all. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I I feel like there was um, one of the other, the blue Twi'lek Jedi Master. And by the way, listeners, it's Twi'lek. Uh, we'll talk <laughs> about that later, too. Um, I think her name is Ayala Sakura. I think she called him Master, but she was speaking to uh, Ahsoka Tano when she when she did it so she may have just been referring to him like that for ahsoka's benefit it's possible you know what and now that i'm thinking about it of course he's only a jedi knight at this point he's never a jedi right, he, he was never, never becomes a, a jedi master he was granted the rank of master but never invited to the council in three right i thought it was the other way around he was able like they let him sit in on the council meetings but they declined Oh, that's what it right. That's they what were it like, yes. but you are not a Jedi Master, and he yeah, we threw a little hissy fit about Master. that. Yeah. God, fucking Anakin. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, I'm sure we'll get to see that famous Skywalker angst uh, throughout the uh, the seasons as we go on as well. Um, there are uh, just so many small references to him, you know, losing it already. Uh, in this first one. Oh yeah. Uh, that they don't, I I guess we'll, we'll find out. I keep, that's my problem is I, I start asking all these questions and I know they're out there and I don't want to do the homework for it because I want to start these shows with a new perspective and everything like that. So yeah, these are just try not to answer any of my questions. I'm just one wondering out loud. I suppose, <laughs> you know, I, I, I will start I will with this one. The urge. <laughs> why does this, why does Anakin call Ahsoka Tano snips? I think, did I miss that? Oh, I can tell I you don't... this, actually. Okay, good. It's never I'm explained. Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like... it's one of the weird things that this series does, which is, the, like, the pilot episode is such a nice transition. If you imagine you had just watched The Clone Wars or Attack of the Clones, the movie, and then mm. you go to start this series because you're watching in-universe chronological order. Right. Your, our first episode is just Yoda on a diplomatic mission with species we've seen before and mm -hmm. largely carry such a smooth. And then we jump straight into Anakin and Ahsoka and he's calling her snips and she's saying R2, -E, which is longer than R2 and I don't yeah. get it. And it feels like <laughs> this weird thing where it's almost as if because she never really has an introduction, like we don't know how she came to where she's at in the war, at least not at this point. They throw in a lot of nicknames 
to make it clear right away that she's part of the gang. Yeah, because because uh, all the clone troopers have nicknames or whatever like that. And she yes. even got one for Anakin. And yeah, it makes it's... him sound like a McDonald's character. <laughs> it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Plus, um, I mean, she's also calling her master that. Like, is I mean, I know he's probably not big on protocol and everything like that, so she's probably not either. But still, you know, like that's yeah, they're maybe in confidence. You know, their relationship is very different from what we've seen between, say, Obi Wan and Anakin. Even though they're supposed to be like brothers, um, very different between Obi Wan and, and Qui Gon. Um, or any other like master Padawan relationship that we've seen, although we haven't seen that many, the two of them definitely seem way more like peers. Right. Um, yeah. Cause they're, they did show a couple master and Padawan relationships um, in this season. I think uh, specifically one between uh, Kit Fisto. Yes. Uh, and uh, his uh, Mon Calamari Padawan uh, Nadar, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't, um, I'm going to assume that you're correct on Nadar because I don't remember his name. I will oh, yeah, always no, I remember the name up, of thanks. Kit Fisto. <laughs> right, <laughs> Kit Fisto. Like, I, I will struggle name. with a lot of names throughout this series, <laughs> throughout this universe, but Kit Fisto is, is burned <laughs> yeah. forever in my mind. <laughs> don't worry, I'm sure other people will struggle with Kit Fisto. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm choosing oh, not to make a very inappropriate joke here. I know, right? We're, we're, <laughs> what are we rated? We're rated R, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if the explicit tag is on our podcast or not. So let's move on. That's from, very true. Yeah. From Kit Fisto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, that is uh, pretty much my thoughts on the first season in general so far. Uh, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of good story arcs or anything like that to really like stretch over and like analyze and break down. So pretty much just exposition and stuff but um what about the animation like how how do you feel about the design of the characters when i first started the the very first episode i thought yoda looked a little too cartoonish i guess i mean but, they, all, they all do but <laughs> yeah it's just it's a style i'm getting used to i'll, I'll definitely admit yeah, I think by now I've adjusted, but the the animation style is definitely one of the reasons that prior to last year I had never watched this series before. Um, I tend to be very hit or miss on animation. I don't know what it is. Some shows get me hooked immediately. Others I just, I just kind of don't sink my teeth into right away. And for this... Yeah. For this one, I don't know if it was that the animation style didn't grab me the way. I think, I for me, I, I go for really, probably not simply done, but simple looking stuff mm. like um, Bob's Burgers or Archer, where it's sort of flat. And this is a very, you know, it, there are a lot more vectors involved yeah. in what we're seeing here. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why. I, it just doesn't, doesn't usually grab me. But... That being said, I am now used to it. So now that, say, I'm watching The Bad Batch as it's released or, you know, I'm going to be starting. Actually, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to start Rebels right away or wait until we're talking about it. But ah, see, I, I have started <laughs> Rebels, but I haven't started The Bad Batch. So, ah. yeah. Now, isn't there somebody on The Bad Batch named Echo? Yes, there is. Okay. That's got to be a repeat, or is it the same character? There's a there's a trooper in this season that was yeah, named Echo. It's it's Echo the clone trooper. It's the same guy. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, cool. I was wondering about that. I'm like, they can just like double up nicknames, can they? I mean, I mean, I guess if the guy's in a different union, unit, I mean, or something like that, they probably could. They like, could. You know. There's enough of them, you know. Yeah, I mean, but, they're clones. But no, they what are, they, are they all going to use Mike? You know, like. No, they don't. They they generally keep it one one name to each clone, and this, yeah, yeah. and they are all, um, yeah, they they all sound Australian. <laughs> which I thought was because the voice actor who played them was Australian. But yeah, that's what I thought too. The the actor who did uh, Django Fett. Um, it's I mean the actor who who played Django Fett possibly, but D. Bradley Baker who voices all of the clones in uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels and the Bad Batch is from Bloomington, Indiana. Oh, <laughs> so that's surprising. Okay, yeah, no, uh, uh, yeah, the voice actor. Uh, Temuera, Temuera Morrison, who did Django Fett and Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. is from New Zealand. So maybe this was this was Baker attempting to, you know, transition us from Django yeah, Kiwi to, it up. to the clones. Okay, I mean, yeah. I think he did a fine job. I I can't comment so much on the the accent work because I know so few New Zealanders. Um, <laughs> I you know I'm I'm no one to judge. Yeah. On that point, and I can only tell you that he he doesn't sound identical to Jermaine Clement, which is fine because people have different voices. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure there are even different accents within New Zealand. But oh, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. But I think he did a fantastic job playing, you know, half people. a dozen or more <laughs> identical right. characters. Especially later in the season, there's an episode that's almost all clones. And yeah, yeah, I, I kind of I'm actually so interested. That one to know more about how he recorded that. Right. Uh, the only thing I can think is he did one and then they played it back for him so that he could have like a conversation with himself a little bit. So he's, you think he's reacting to himself on playback instead of be reacting the, to himself in real time? <laughs> right. And just trying to switch in real time. No, I've done that as a dungeon master. And it's mm-hmm. like, I can go about like four or five lines of dialogue before I start losing track of who's talking to who and everything. Yeah. I mean, um, I've, I've watched the great Mark Hamill attempt to do it. He, uh, right. <laughs> he had he a conversation. Like three different with... characters in a, in a show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, not even this. This was an argument between Luke Skywalker, a young Luke Skywalker and the Joker from Batman. Right. Beyond. And like, what is it? The, that last one, the toy maker from the flash or something like that. Right. Oh, the prankster. Yeah. That's the creepiest one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hamill doesn't show up in this at all. Does he? He doesn't. And that's another thing kind of to take note I mean, of. He's while a you're master voice this. actor as it is. Yeah. Um, I think he was busy or possibly too expensive. Um, <laughs> but this, this whole series is kind of incredible. Like, you know, Dee Bradley Baker does a great job. Ashley Eckstein does a great job. Uh, Phil Lamar of, is always wonderful. But mm-hmm. I also look at and I think about, um, oh, yeah, we can, um, Ian Abercrombie as, as Chancellor Palpatine. But we get people coming in, right? Like um, Matt Lanter, who voices Anakin, James Arnold Taylor, who voices... And you kind of can tell that they they have an extra challenge in front of them because it's not just, okay, I'm reading this as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, Obi-Wan's... Uh, Ewan McGregor was already making an effort there. 
But right, yeah, all you got to do is sound like you and McGregor and you're good to go. Yeah. But so let's let's say you're Matt Lanter and you're voicing Anakin Skywalker. You can't just voice Anakin Skywalker. You're you or rather you can't just read the lines and, you know, act them out as the scene calls for. You also have to do it while putting on your best Hayden Christensen impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's where that's where we're going with this essentially. Like it's we've got character models that are based on actors so actors are having to try to emulate themselves into like it's like being john malkovich almost uh (laughs) they're being an actor being an actor being an being a character it's like it just reminds me uh people talk about that scene in um harry potter and i think it was the half-blood prince where or it might have been the the last one um where uh hermione has taken the polyjuice potion to look like Bellatrix Lestrange and is trying to access her like Gringotts bank account. Oh yeah. And people are saying, can we just take a moment to, to, to say that this is, this is fantastic work because um, Helena Bonham Carter is playing Hermione playing Bellatrix Lestrange and gets it down perfectly. Like you get it, you can't see anything but Hermione being, Bellatrix is strange in it. And so it's like, yeah, Helena Bottom Carter's actress, three levels deep. She's fantastic. So that's what this it reminds me of the same thing, like you're talking about. Like it's he has to play Hayden Christensen playing Anakin Skywalker. And, you know, uh <laughs> who does who does the voice of Yoda in this show? I'm not Because sure. I know they did, I know they didn't get the Oz. They didn't. And the the reason I don't know off the top of my head is because when you go to look up the cast list, they do it by actor and not by character. And they have to because so many of the, the actors right, play yeah, multiple so you're just roles. Looking, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, well we'll find that out for next time, <laughs> listeners. But uh oh wow, they actually got I didn't realize uh Jar Jar Binks was voiced by Jar Jar Binks. Like they got Ahmed Best for it. Yeah. I thought well, they got. It didn't sound the same. It almost sounded like somebody else, in my opinion. He unfortunately was not busy. So. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, doing what? <laughs> um, and you know, I think Ahmed Best is also another one of those actors. Like, um, oh shit, was it Rose Tran? Where Kelly Marie Tran? Kelly Marie Tran. I'm sorry. Played the Rose character's Tico. name is Rose. Yes, mm-hmm. Rose Tico. Kelly Marie Tran. I I apologize, Miss Tran. Um, you know. They the the actor themselves shouldn't get the hate that that character might may or may not deserve, you know. Mm-hmm. And I heard he got it pretty rough after the prequel trilogy came out, like all kinds of hate mail and stuff like that. Death oh threats. yeah, it was horrible. But, it it really was. And I'm so glad that he participated in this because I think this series too, maybe not season one so much but this series is also going to show you the redemption that i see when i say that jar jar binks is not as terrible a character as people make him out to be (laughs) that is a that's a tall order caitlin redemption you say i'm not saying he's great i'm saying he's not as bad as people make him out to be (laughs) well he certainly seems so in the first season i'm not gonna lie on that one he's he's a walking klutz in this one right like yeah i mean he never becomes graceful but he and i have that in common (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i think it got even to the point in this season where the clone trooper sent him out so that he could cause the enemy trouble in the first place i think Uh, so that was somewhere let me look at my notes uh 
is it like like 11 or 12 i think um but yeah uh, I'll look into my actual notes about the... We'll find out in the episodes when we talk about the them in detail. But, uh, yeah. So, animation, uh, voice acting, um, story lines uh, we've talked about. Um, are there any other general areas of the of the main overview of the sh- show or season you uh, think we're missing? I, d- I don't. Um but I do just want to say again that I'm I'm excited to be getting into this. I'm excited to be getting into the Clone Wars. And I think I'll, it's in large part because I'm a recent convert, right, who never watched it before. And now that I am, it's not just so much more information, so much new information, but it's a, and it's a lot of getting what I always wanted, even though Anakin is there the whole time, which is people and <laughs> their lives outside of the Skywalker saga. Um, yeah. But it also, like... Because I watched The Clone Wars, I was able to be more generous on my rewatching of the prequels, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, because you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to go here and do this, and yeah. You, at least you in the beginning. become attached to the characters a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, at least in the beginning. Towards the end of the series, I'm going to start getting very confused with what year it is, um, which is par for the course for me with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, so there are seven seasons of this show, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I ever kept track of how much time exactly is there between season or uh, episode two and three of the prequel trilogy. Like, how much time is supposed to be taking? Is supposed to be occurring in this show? I mean, not a great deal. Not seven years. I can I tell t- you that. Yeah. <laughs> like. But we did also, so, I mean, in this season, we had two episodes that took place over the span of a day and a half, right? Fair. So, yeah. so, you know, it's, yeah. a season does not necessarily equate to a year, um, even though the seasons are quite long. I think most of them clock in uh, with 20 episodes or more. Yeah. I mean, even even a day be, or even an episode being a day, that's still... Uh, almost seven months worth of material, almost a full year in of itself. Yeah. I mean, well, I would uh, say it's safe to say a year passed between the two. Oh was, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm not clear on that. I, that's the, I, I would say that's the one thing, but we all know by now there's more than one thing that I can't keep track of in the Star Wars <laughs> yeah, there's universe. There's always one thing. Yeah. But one that I have a lot of trouble with is, is the timeline, which is why I'm forever looking up how old everyone is as the, because that's like my best, as long as we're going to be tied to the Skywalker family, the age of the current generation is like my best um, <laughs> frame of reference. <laughs> yeah. My, my anchor to where we're at. <laughs> the, I'm sorry, folks, the battle of Yavin, like as important as it is, is not a good chronological marker for me. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, it's it's good for the books, you know, when you start getting like 20 years out. So like it's it helps then. She's like, wait, what is this? Oh, OK. So it's 15 years after the Battle of Yavin. Got it. I mean, I guess if you're seeing it in writing all the time, that's one thing. But yeah, I don't know. BBY and, and ABY. But I don't I don't know. Even within the first couple of hundred years, BCE and AD are still <laughs> all the same right. to me. So. And the fact that they use it as that they use a certain battle as the as the mark of time. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't it be better for, like, to say, you know, on the fall of Coruscant or, like, the establishment of the New Republic or something like that? But I don't know. 
Well, does the Empire or the First Order use the Battle of Yavin, or is that a rebel thing? You know, that is a great point. Um, I am trying to think. The only, you know, I haven't read many books from the Imperial side of things, I suppose. Or at least the Mm. the ones that did. I don't know if they really dated things like that. Hmm. Mm. If they did, I would never remember it. So (laughs) (laughs) You're like, it'd still be unhelpful. (laughs) No, I mean, it's interesting to know, but it's it's just more information that I personally would not retain. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's like you're I know you're a Trek fan. So like, you know, star dates. Yeah. Don't mean anything. really. No, nothing (laughs) at all. We just make up some numbers. (laughs) I remember uh, back when it was just like the original series and the next generation that somebody had like made like an angel fire or like a page or something like that trying to calculate the real time of this like what's the real star date today and stuff like that oh gosh that's yeah that's dedication Holmes. yeah that's a level of nerd (laughs) (laughs) i see i'm also a big fan of ds9 when you know exactly when it is relative to next generation because there's overlap exactly yeah (laughs) and there might even been a little bit of overlap for voyager or was that too far there is less so but there is yeah that's what i thought um, but we'll have to save that for the Star Trek show. Starring us, coming eventually. Stay exactly, tuned. yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the Star Wars Cantina podcast, uh, so please stay tuned for uh, 10 Forward. Yes, I wanted to call it 10 Forward. Did we just do this? <laughs> if I think we did. If we're calling this one the Cantina, the next one's got to be 10 Forward, 10 forward. right? Like, that's the only thing I can think of. Awesome. That or Quarks, and I just like 10 Forward better. Yeah. So, uh, anyway... <laughs> With that, <laughs> back to Star uh, Wars. Yes, back to Star Wars. You know, um, it's it's somebody was asking me like, you know, hey, do you like Star Wars or Star Trek? And I I told them I'm bi-trexual. <laughs> that doesn't sound right, but you know what I mean. Like I like both. It's, nice. A man can like two things. Yeah. Um, I space both ways. It's fine. Exactly, space both ways. That's a that's a better way to put it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think we have covered all of our overall feelings about the season and everything like that and i think we might be ready to jump into uh the specifics uh as soon as we are right back from this commercial from our sponsor after these messages we'll be right back now back to our program now we are back and we will be yay (laughs) And we will be discussing the actual specifics. Uh, this is our first time doing this, so the format may change a little bit. But uh, I figure maybe just go right down the episodes. Uh, just I've got like little like little blurbs per per thoughts uh, of episode as I was watching. Okay, um, that sounds good because that will jog my memory as to what each one was as we. And I will say I rewatched them within the past week, so I should remember them. But I don't. My brain doesn't break them into a grid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not, oh yeah, 1 through 22, 23 through 47. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Well, uh, first one, you were, the first very first episode, the pilot, I think, uh, mm-hmm. you had uh, mentioned earlier before the break, uh, Yoda on a diplomatic mission to the Toydarians, mm-hmm. um, Watto's race from the prequel trilogy, uh, and leading a group of, tro- leading a group, wow, leading a group <laughs> of clone troopers, a group of troopers, groupers. <laughs> Uh, and you know, uh, he's saying, 
I, I liked how he's like, you know, yes, you may all have the same face, but you all look different within the force. And, you know, like everyone is individual and, you know, it's one of those small little like Jedi wisdoms they pepper throughout the show that I that I kind of dig mm-hmm. um, on a side or on, on a on a more of a downer note. I think they used the word clankers entirely too much in that first episode. They were really trying to push the the slang terms for the droid army they were going for. And I swear they said clankers like six times in three minutes. Yeah, uh, they but, did say it a lot. The 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 clones speak in slang a lot. I think yeah. they're, it, they're trying to make it like a military thing. Right. And I, and I get that because that's exactly what I that's exactly what through my head is like, yeah, if I were if I were a grunt doing stuff, we'd come up with and, and they do. They come up with clankers, tinnies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I heard seppies later in the season, uh, as for like separation or separatists, I think, but, uh, yeah, they were, they just really drove home clankers on that one episode. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I really enjoyed the, uh, Asajj Ventress, uh, yes. introduction. I think she is a great little, uh, dark Padawan for Count Dooku and I'm interested to see where she goes. Yeah, this is, so I said that this episode was like a, a nice transition because it was mostly familiar characters or familiar concepts, um, but they they did introduce a lot. It just didn't feel like a barrage to me. And one of those things is Ventress. One of those things is the fact that there is more than necessarily one pair of, you know, if not Sith Lords, then certainly dark side of the force users yeah. um, working together at a given time. Um and, see, and, and then, that's like one of the unwritten rules of the Sith. And it's it's a shame that Renee's no longer here to help us uh, to confirm this. But like, you know, the Sith always say there's rule of two, but the, mm-hmm. the, the master's always like looking for another Padawan to like take out his uh, his current one. If, he, if the newer one's stronger and the Padawan's always looking to take out the master and maybe take a Padawan for himself kind of a deal. So it's like it's yeah. always like rule of two. Plus or minus one or two. Rule of two, rule of two asterisk. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I do miss Renee on this one because I know that she would love Ventress. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. Love the double bladed lightsabers. I love mm-hmm. the her whole like, she's almost a little like seductive to Anakin yeah. later on in some of the series. Like it's, man, Obi-Wan's getting the, uh, the ladies. <laughs> so, because I, I know eventually there's a character that shows up named Satine. Um, yes, there is. That is supposed to be like the love interest of Obi Wan, and I, I'm for that uh, just because of the name alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into that when she actually shows up. But uh, yeah, like she, like a uh, Asajj Ventress in another episode was like, "I've missed you, Obi Wan." Like just all kinds of. Yeah. She wants to ride the lightsaber, you know. Like <laughs> they did. She definitely <laughs> has a flirty thing to her. It's a little it Black Widowy, not necessarily yes. Scarlett Johansson's yeah. Black Widow. But that's right. sort but of more you like know, we're going to bang and then I'm going to eat you. Yeah. The femme fatale assassin. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let's see. I thought Yoda's lightsaber looked a little long for him on a just a very small technical. I'm a I'm a guy and I like to sword fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a lightsaber myself and everything like that. I just remember saying, wow, that seemed really long for such a short dude. Yeah, I don't. Um, I try not to judge people on the length of their lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a girth question. I get it. I see. <laughs> they're all the same. <laughs> like they're they're all this. It's a beam. Uh, <laughs> no, but I do. I think it is a little bit longer 
um, in the series, or at least in this episode, than we've seen it in the movies. Um, but I also could be wrong because I right. haven't literally met. I don't know that you could measure it like to scale. I would. You would have to scale it against Yoda himself. Right, yeah, and right? so, like, he'd have, like, basically, like, a little short sword or something, right? That's, yeah. That's not, doesn't really work, right? He can't fight normal, normal no, size. but I He th- can't fight medium-sized characters with that. I mean, but does, does he use a smaller saber, or does he use a regular-sized saber? Well, on that aspect, I have to think it's about hand grip, too. He does have smaller hands. Yeah. So the handle itself has got to be smaller, too. Does it? I would, I mean, at least thinner. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we will uh, we'll look. At, I don't know if we'll I've actually seen a copy it. of Yoda's lightsaber, but we'll have to look into that one. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I all all told, I really just thought the first episode was a great like introduction and and just kind of laid everything down and took us from there. Yeah. These are the um, clones. This is the war. Yeah, I That's am cool. a little curious about um, Count Dooku. I did have a question about him. So he is not playing a dual identity like no. palpatine not at all so how and he, he never has as far as i know right he's just been out and out sith this entire time yeah he's bragging about it even right yeah beware be warned you're dealing with a sith lord and whatnot mm-hmm. how come he doesn't go by his sith title i don't know that he necessarily has his sith title um well, as far as what i remember i thought he was darth tyrannus Right, I don't know that he has it right now, and I've like oh, I said, I've I always okay. been dodgy on this about when he is officially the apprentice. Um, you know, because Maul was the apprentice in Phantom Menace, and did he step up immediately after that? You know, yeah, um, yeah. He, I think, for me, I don't know whether or not he, Darth Tyrannus is is fully in effect or not, but from. My understanding of, of Count Dooku as a character, this is a guy who, the minute he walked away from the Jedi Order and decided he was, you know, going to do things his own way, started telling people he was a powerful Sith Lord because he wants to be feared. Ah, okay. Are we going to get more into his backstory and everything like that as well later on in the seasons? I mean, there's there's more of him, certainly. There's, okay. I'm, I'm not going to tell you more than that because you asked yes, me not to. And I appreciate that. Thank you. That's fantastic. <laughs> but there is, yeah. there is more Count Dooku. You the passed the thing, first test. <laughs> the no. other thing I will say about him is, weirdly enough, there was, oh gosh, there was this Australian show a while ago. It was not, it was very weird. It was a comedy and I'm trying to remember what it was. The in-betweeners? What it was called. No, it was not the in-betweeners. Uh, oh, Danger Five. Oh, Danger Five. Yeah, Danger with the eagle five. and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it was the. There was an eagle. There were you know five people. They were go sort back of, to killing Hitler. Yeah, yeah. there were spies, mm-hmm. and in and every episode they would go out and try to kill Hitler, and then at the end of the episode, or somewhere in the episode, Hitler would escape usually by jumping out a window, and they would use they used the same shot of this man jumping out a window in multiple episodes. Right. <laughs> it was. It was very campy comedy shtick. Oh, and yeah, the show had like I, a $5 budget, yeah. Yeah, and so when I first started watching this, I remember turning to my husband, who had already seen the whole series because he watched it as it aired, and I said, do they play Count Dooku in this series as, like, 
the Hitler from Danger 5 where he just, <laughs> they're constantly after him and he's always Squirmy getting little away. Guy. <laughs> and the answer I got was kind of. So. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because again, we already know he's in three. So like nothing really bad can happen to him, right? Yeah, we but, know I mean, he's not going to die. Yeah. And we know he's not going to, they're not going to just not talk, him about, talk about him again for seven seasons. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I, I like how they're portraying him so far. Um, and uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be a fun time with them. Uh, I, yeah. I like the episode later on, I think, where uh, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and him were all chained up and they had to, like, kept trying to get out of the, the weak way pirates lair. Oh, yeah. That I thought was that a... was a fun little... It's a trope, but it was fun to watch. So. It was a great one, too. It was also an interesting comparison to in the movies when they're all captive or they're not all captive. Obi-Wan is captive. Right. Mm-hmm, and Count mm-hmm. Dooku offers to, to free him. Um, yeah. If only they'll work together. Was that in, I'm, I'm now not remembering if that was oh. in Clone Wars or Revenge of the, not Clone, Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, but you know what yeah, scene I'm talking about. Those two are kind about. of blurring together to tell you the truth. Yeah. And we're right now we're watching all the things that happen in between them. So. Right. <laughs> The timeline is fucked. No, uh, <laughs> we will we will figure it out though. I'll get I'll have one of those little bar charts on my fucking wall and everything like that. We'll get it. But either um, way, anyone watching the Clone Wars had had most likely already seen both movies based on right. when they were released. So it is to me, it felt a little bit like a throwback to that scene as well and how they treat each other in captivity. Mm-hmm. I think they even referred to that scene. Oh wait, no, that was a. Uh... Because he's like, I remind, I remind you, I had you in a similar position on my ship. And I'm trying to remember, but that wasn't his ship. So I, I, I'm you, you know, wandering they kidnap each hole. other back and forth. They really do. Oh, yeah, what? it's they just Peach and Bowser that thing. Yeah, this this um, war is all about kidnapping, fam. You thought it was about trade agreements. No. <laughs> what happened to the embargoes? <laughs> Nobody talks about them anymore. Uh, <laughs> I want to know about the regulatory actions of the Twi'leks. Twi'leks. Yes. So that is that. Honestly, that's probably my biggest problem with this with this show is the pronunciation of the word Twi'lek. Just yeah, they say Twi'lek wrong, and that's my only thing. Um, But uh, let's see. So episode two uh, introduced Plo Plo Koon. Yep. Um, who I, to tell you the truth, I don't know much about the rest of the Jedi Council beyond Yoda and uh, Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually looking forward to some of this. Like the the we we came across how many Jedi Masters in this season? Uh, Ayala Sakura, mm-hmm. uh, Jedi Master Luminara, mm-hmm. um, Plo Koon, Plo Koon, Kit, Kit Fisto. Fisto. Like it's you, and uh, if we go back and watch the the attack of the clones, I'm sure I'll see them in those chairs and everything like that. So uh, <clears throat> it's uh it's nice to actually have them filled in some, you know, it, and, and not f- have it feeling so forced. Yeah. Like they did in the Disney trilogy. I think there, there may even be more Jedi masters um, in the series than there are on the council, which makes sense to me. Um, because if the well, Jedi yeah. order is the force that it should, I, 
this is a weird use of the word force given that we're talking about Star Wars. But if, right. the, if the Jedi Order is, you know, the strong team that we are made to believe it is in this war with or without clone support um, and with or without their, you know, force sensitivity, it makes sense to me that it would be more than, you know, eight or nine people who we see on the council. Right. As like a governing body. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And also, yeah. Does everyone need to be on the council? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Like is Obi-Wan on the council? He's not. No. Yeah. That's what he, I thought. Even though we usually, we only ever master. see him talking to the council, but certainly they meet without him. Like he's, right. and, and I think that that's most likely how it is. The council is the council. They meet when they meet, when they need to decide on, you know, what the order what direction the order will be going in. But I imagine any Jedi master is welcome to speak with the council or to call right. the council to convene on an issue at any given yeah. time. That makes sense. I'm filling uh, this all in based on what I think would be reasonable. I have no supporting evidence whatsoever. <laughs> no, it sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, this episode was also the introduction of uh, Anakin and Ahsoka. Yeah. Uh, and so we got to start to see their relationship uh, from that. And uh, yeah, right there, it's in my line of questions is why does Anakin call Asuka snips again? Because. And, <laughs> yeah, just because. Just that's what we're going with. So yeah, sure. Um, see, now I'm going now I'm going to start thinking up of why. Like I've started like, is she, does she trim those little like tails of hers? I don't, I can tell you right now, I have never seen her hold a pair of scissors. Yeah, I don't, so it's not that. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure, she'd trim them by lightsaber, right? To be like, fair, I've know. never seen anyone in the Star Wars universe hold a pair of scissors, so there's that. Right. <laughs> like, what are scissors? Um, yeah, so I guess we'll just have to leave that one in the ether, in the yeah. void. Snips. Um, that was pretty much... I, I, I liked uh, Plo Koon's attachment to the clones as well. It was kind of like a carryover from what Yoda had done in the first episode with with his batch of troops. Yeah, and I think so. so it we're establishing the kind of relationship that the Jedi have with the with the clones, right? Because yeah. we had none of that before. We in I mean in the last movie chronologically in universe, Obi-Wan was just finding out they exist and now they're all working together. I think what's weird to me about the series is as much as that, like, that makes sense. They are fighting side by side. They're working together. We're spending this whole series really, really humanizing, and we should, they're human, the clones and, you know, the clone troopers who become the stormtroopers, as we know. Yeah. And it, even if we didn't know, if they're wearing the exact same uniform, figure it out. Right. Um, and at the same time, they're kind of with the exception of of R2 and I think this is the next it's not the next episode it's further down in the series but but dehumanizing the droids at least compared to the movies which seemed determined to make us fall in love with droids at every turn especially the later ones right like we got to right. to Rogue One and Solo and it's like well who's the droid that you're going to care about the most so that, <laughs> so that when they die you're heartbroken yeah um it's it's difficult for me to to get attached to any of the clone troopers. Is it because they all look the same? And well, first off, same? yeah. First off, I can't. Yeah. Can't might sound racist. They all look alike to me. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you guys apart. Uh, no, it's just it's knowing that Order 66 is coming. 
It's so far in the future, though. Right, but like, so so the ones that don't die will eventually try to kill Jedi. I mean, Order 66 is coming. We all know that. Exactly, I know. And I, that's... <laughs> I think that as we, this was only season one and and we blitzed through it. If you take the full two weeks between each recording <laughs> and you like, I, I think that by the end of this series, you will find yourself caring about some of these clones. Okay. I know supposedly one of them shows up in Return of the Jedi. Do not remember that. Okay. Evidently, I've, I've seen pictures circled with a dude with a beard, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's one of the clone troopers. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not even talking about, like, their significance in other parts of the, you know, or in Rebels or in Bad Batch or anywhere else. Okay. Um, I am just talking about throughout the course of this series, um, not even referencing any particular episode or any particular plot arc that they go through, but they're constantly there, and they're constantly on the good guys team, unlike yeah. Palpatine, who's pretending. So I think that it, to some degree, they are going to find their way into your heart. Okay. Well, I will give them time. <laughs> but right now I'm like, yeah, you might be the guy that shoots, you know, uh, uh, a core in the back. Yeah. Okay. You so know? you're watching Plo Koon relate to his uh, squadron of clone troopers. And, and all you're thinking about is which one of them is, is eventually going to murder him. Yeah. Which one, which one buries the knife? Yeah. Which one? Who among you is the Judas? Exactly. You know, even though that was also another episode we're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so it's it's a little tough for me to get into into their head a little bit, I suppose. But again, we'll we'll just have to give it time. Yeah, and doesn't it make uh, it that much weirder because Jedi are not supposed to form attachments? You know, yeah, and uh, Ahsoka even starts mentioning that to. Uh, I think to Luminara, to Jedi Master Luminara, mm-hmm. um, about how she feels for, she feels for Anakin. Oh no, it was Ayala Sakura, the the Blue Twilight. Um, about how she feels for Anakin and like she cares about him, but you know, as a Jedi, we're not supposed to face attachments or anything like that. And mm-hmm. the the Twilight Master's like, uh, yeah, I had the same issue with my master. Like he was like a father to me. It's it's just something you're gonna have to work through. All Padawans do. Yeah. Um. But it's, yeah, it's one of those Jedi Jedi are to have no attachments is one of those, like, only the Sith deal in absolutes, really, I feel like. Because yeah, if you're, they, if they you're not attached to the world, how are you supposed to care for it? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, it's a, uh, it's still a fun thing for, for them to mess around with and, and have to, to puzzle through. And I feel like Ahsoka comes up with an answer for it by the end of the, by the end of the show. Um, Maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know I'm making all these, pre- I'm making all these predictions and stuff like that. And Caitlin's just like, there's, I, I I'm drawing blood on my tongue. I know, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm just barking to an empty moon here and you know, y'all can say yes or no behind his back. It's fine. Um, let's see. Can we skip ahead past episode three? Because it really is just, it's largely part two of the action on episode two. It is. And the only thing I had mentioned for it was um, General Grievous. And I don't yep. know if I find him 
like scary as a villain or or anything like that and i'm just confused by his overall status you know yeah. he's a brain in a robot body that hates jedi but uses lightsabers right am i he's so many lightsabers um, yeah yeah i don't get him i didn't get him in the movies really um and i don't yeah, he wasn't I find barely him, even explained in the movies i find him less scary here i still they still don't really explain who he is in this series and why um, does he hate the Jedi so much? He maybe he's just programmed that way. Okay, but he's a human. He's a human brain. I do. I don't know. He keeps saying, I don't understand. It. Okay, I do, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand either. And he comes up again and again too. Um, yeah, you know, as as he must. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm happy to just to skip right over all of that for episode three and move right into episode four, okay. uh, which is the intro of Padme. Yes, and I have one note on episode four. What's that? And that's why I wanted to jump to it. This is the Padme I was talking about, I was thinking about, I was waiting for when we were getting ready to talk about Revenge of the Sith a few weeks ago. Yes. This is the Padme that I was so convinced, and you guys were like, no, she doesn't do anything. I'm like, she does so much stuff. <laughs> she doesn't do any of it in the movies, is what I had yeah, to remember. Yeah, that's my problem. <laughs> but you, and this episode is is the beginning of what I was talking about. You see, there's even a sequence where they're on, I think, like trains, right? They're mm -hmm. on some kind of track, cars right. inside during this mutual rescue situation, and it reminded me of the scene towards the end of. Attack of the Clones, where they're both in that factory, and she's like jumping and flipping her way through so capably, and Anakin immediately trips over his own cloak. Um, but, <laughs> but this is her like being capable. You know, she's leading three PO. They're like Padme, what are you doing here? She's like, what are you doing here? I told you to get lost. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm taking care of, of myself. And so this, that's really my big thing about this episode is this is this is the beginning of this is the Padme that I can look up to yeah and i really liked her um i my note has it as she has that fuck you attitude that princess leia is known for yeah um and and gets it from like that's the you know uh the hbic so to speak <laughs> like she knows she knows what needs to get done and she's willing to roll up her sleeves and do it herself like that is that's a great uh aspect that they've really shown of her character and i think it's going to be amazing um, I still love Obi-Wan. I think he's probably going to be my favorite thing about the entire show. Okay. Um, but that's just because I've always been a huge Obi-Wan fan to begin yeah, with. You love Obi-Wan. I, I do. There's, there's more Obi-Wan coming down the Star Wars pipeline. So Yeah. And not just Obi-Wan, Ewan McGregor as well. Ewan, yeah. if you hear me, I love you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Anakin set a line in this episode that I, I, I had to do a face palm on. Which was? Uh, they're, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan are, uh, going up a turbo lift and, uh, Obi-Wan looks over and goes, really Anakin spinning? And he, and Anakin goes, it's a good trick. I'm like, are you serious? Spinning's a good trick. <laughs> from the, I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. That from the first episode or from the, yeah, from episode yeah. one, I swear to it's the, that callback just ruined that episode for me. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it just as soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh, the pain. I I can't believe they went there and they did, and they just smeared it all over our faces with it. <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, 
I did not have much written down for episode five. Uh, and going back and looking at it, um, I'm trying to remember what all happened during that specific episode. The only thing I've got written down is that question about uh, the clone named Echo being in the Bad Batch. Yeah. So episode five is the first of, I believe, several episodes we're going to get where it's it's basically just this squadron of, of clones. Um, and so we know that they are special because they have names and they get an episode where they're not being led around by a Jedi the whole time. Yeah. That's that's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Yeah, we is basically an introduction to the clones. Yeah, um, it's, and it's a it, war. They they fight off a, a bunch of droids and they live. Yeah. Uh moving on to episode 6. Yeah. Uh episode 6 looked to have a trans Trandoshan or a Trandoshan um as a like a junker. I guess uh Anakin had lost R2 in a firefight. In a, mm. in a in a laser fight in space, and they were like having to track him down. So yeah, this is episode six and seven. It's this kind of a two parter where they yeah, lose it's R two's rescue. Yeah, they lose R two. Um, the Jedi are furious because R 2s memory famously has never been wiped. Right. Um, and he's now behind enemy lines. And while Anakin and Ahsoka insist that he would never betray them, like you, it's he's still a droid. Like you can't just remove drives. Yeah. It's a download, yeah. Um, so they're upset about that, and they're also given a replacement droid on their rescue mission. Mm, an R3 unit, I think. An R3 yeah. unit, uh, who Ahsoka very quickly gives a nickname. Yeah, Goldie, <laughs> I think, right? Yeah. But then Anakin also gives another nickname, Stubby. So it will be, Anakin's trying to be insulting to counteract right. Ahsoka's welcomeness. Um, and it turns out the R3 unit betrays them. Yes. So this is, the, and I'm coming back to this again. While we're trying, we just had an episode where we're supposed to feel closer to the clone troopers. We now immediately have one where we're like, listen, some droids like R2 are just special and they never need memory wipes and they'll be loyal to us forever. But generally speaking, they're like this fella who can betray you in an instant. Don't trust droids. <laughs> Meatbag. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I will say um, treating episode six and episode seven as like a whole little story arc. Uh, I, I didn't have much written down for episode seven's notes except for R2's rockets sigh. Um, <laughs> like those things again. Uh, and then I think at the very end of that episode, R2 and R3 do like a fight to the death on like the wing of a of a space ship or something like that god you make it sound so much more cool than it must have been it really was it's two r2 units like leaning on a wire and like r2 <laughs> leans out a rocket and like burns the wire and the r3 falls off and that's it that's yeah the, that's the episode that's um, yeah so i guess the rebels don't use like or the old republic doesn't use like mcafee antivirus or anything like that or like evil droid checker dot exe or something no or just like password protect it man <laughs> yeah man come on. encrypt <laughs> um yeah uh i wasn't necessarily crazy about how the trandoshans were portrayed because they've got i'm running into the same problem as like they're an older trilogy species that had like one line or one viewing of a, of a character mm -hmm. and now they're using a whole race and i'm like okay well because uh, Trandoshans were the, the reptilian-looking ones. Uh, Bosk, the bounty hunter from Empire Strikes Back, was a Trandoshan. Um, 
Okay. I don't think he ever, he didn't say anything except just like snarled at the camera. Um, he was the one, uh, the Imperial officer like looked up and he wasn't wearing shoes. Uh, Bosk wasn't wearing shoes and he's just like bounty hunters or whatever. Um, I know I've, I've watched the movies too much. Anyway, <laughs> where, where, what show do I think I'm on? Um, but anyway, it's just, I don't know. They're more talkative. The, they're, they're doing stuff with the alien races that I am familiar with and they're changing them up a little bit and I'm not saying it's wrong. I just don't know how to feel about it yet. So, um, they're a lot more chatty and talkative and, I noticed, and I, I'm, I'm a, this has got to be for the basis that it's it's aimed towards a children children, and this is a children's show. But I wouldn't mind more of the alien species speaking their own languages. Yeah, instead I, of speaking I, basic. I, I do wish that that was there, um, especially because it's animated. It'd be dubbing it would be the same. Um, you know, just popping subtitles on there. But I right. also use subtitles all the time anyway. Same. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I like watching. I've come to really enjoy watching things that happen in multiple languages, even multiple Earth languages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I've found myself lately being like, yeah, why don't more shows just have characters who speak Spanish speak Spanish to each other for that scene? And then we'll go, you know, we'll either learn Spanish or we'll read the subtitles. We'll figure right. it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think probably the age group that they were aiming at too. I think the thing that that I frequently have to be reminded of is that they couldn't necessarily have read quickly enough for right. subtitles to make yeah, sense. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, and and you know maybe maybe they'll they'll do something later on with some of the other uh, Star Wars shows that they'll be doing it with, like more of the adult featured ones like Kenobi and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, you know, I, I guess that's what I was used to in the Star Wars universe is like aliens will speak their own language like mm-hmm. uh, like Chewbacca always. You know, he's never even subtitled that dude. You just have to take it in context. Yeah. Um, Nien Num, the Celestin on uh, the Millennium Falcon during the second Death Star run in Return of the Jedi. Uh, anybody from the Mos Eisley Cantina, essentially, like it's everybody's just doing their own thing and like. And the humans are like, yeah, they, you know, they speak their languages, we speak ours, and there's a common basic that we all speak in, on occasion. But like, not all aliens are going to be able to pronounce those, you know? Like, yeah, I don't know. I yeah, with this series, with the exception of you know the the droids, obviously, um, and and the occasional character here and there, for the most part, everybody is is speaking basic. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, I'm okay with it. I just, I wouldn't mind hearing more alien languages. They did a little bit with the with the Twi'lex in one of the later episodes this season, but mm-hmm. I uh, I wouldn't mind hearing more. Yeah. yeah, I think part of it, though, for this for this series, especially for this season, is a lot of the people that we're encountering, either right, they're droids, so they're, they're programmed to speak basic, or right. they're involved with uh, an interplanetary organization of some kind, whether that's the Jedi Order or... Uh, you know, the Republic or the Federation yeah. of Separatists. Who would so speak the international language. They would need, they would speak so a common speak. language yeah. to communicate with each other. Right. That makes sense. That's how I justify it in my head. <laughs> it works for me. Um, let's see. Uh, episode eight. It's a Jar Jar episode and I'm ready to just skip over that whole fucking thing. 
well, also, it added nothing to the story. Like, it's it was just a one-shot, um, and it was uh, Jar Jar uh, clumsily gets mistaken for a Jedi, I think, was the entire show arc on that one. Yes. So I had I had one thought on this and then I promise we can we can move on. Um, and that's that at the end, Padme, because there I mean, there's a whole other thing here where, you know, we're seeing actual consequences of war. There's a family that can't get supplies, all, all this all this stuff. Um, but at the end, Padme says, you know, remember that some some of your most important allies aren't always the most powerful. Like, don't discount Jar Jar just because he's not a Jedi and was pretending to be a Jedi or whatever. Um, this episode reminded me of the Darth Jar Jar fan theory. Yes. And I personally am a little, I, I can't, I'm a little bit of a fan of the, of the, of Darth Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it made the, the points that they put together for it in the, in the original fan theory that I saw on, on YouTube, I think, uh, I was like, yeah, you know what? I would actually be okay with Darth Jar Jar. Like I, I kind of <laughs> wish that happened. You know, this whole thing's a facade. He's an evil man. Yes, bring that on. <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I don't think I've met a Gungan I've liked yet so far. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we, we can move on. <laughs> oh, you're. Uh, I'm. I'm getting some distortion on on your end. I think Caitlin. Oh, I'm, having I'm a little sorry. Trouble. You're sounding like a rebel pilot. Oh no. <laughs> I'm not sure how to fix that. Oh. My microphone hasn't moved. Has it you sounded better it? now, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure okay. what it was. Maybe it's just sunspot or something. Anyway, loose wire. <laughs> Episode nine uh, introduced uh, Jedi Master Luminara, um, who I um, really like. I uh, I like her whole mindset. Um, she's she's a very probably lawful good Jedi. Like she's she's very you know. The force is the force, and this is, you know, what it wants, and we are to do its bidding, and, you know, violence is uh, very minimally needed and uh, should be used only when necessary type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she just goes out, balls to the wall, uh, handling Ventress uh, one-eyed <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Uh, so... And and not only that, but it but it's calling her like, oh yeah, you're like sloppy and stuff. I recognize Count Dooku's fighting style in you, and you're just not good at it. <laughs> you're not fully trained. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I love that. She's like, no, 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 never violence, but I will whip your ass. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a, and like that. I love that theory. That I don't know if that's Teddy Roosevelt's, you know, uh, speak softly but carry a big stick or whatever. But like, I like her. I like her perspective on things. I want to see more of her. Yeah. Yeah, I like her a lot. And I think this was also at the beginning of the series where I'm starting to feel like, okay, I have felt robbed of, you know, non-male Jedi Masters or Sith Lords Ah, to this point. And now getting a face-off between Luminara and Ventress, we're we're seeing it happen. Yeah, and Fine. just a little bit of Ahsoka Tano, I think, in that one too, right? Like, I think oh she yeah, up near I the mean, end. Yeah. Ahsoka's getting there too. She, I, so, she's a fight. whole other, a whole other category for me because I, I just dig her so much. <laughs> now, one thing I noticed with Ahsoka is she likes to use the reverse blade style of fighting. Mm-hmm. Who taught her that? She says she's a good friend of Plo Koon. She's a Padawan to Anakin. Neither of them fight like that. Yeah. 
I don't know did, who taught her lightsaber fighting like that, so I was just curious. Did she specifically say that Plo Koon was the one who brought her to the Order? I think so, yeah. They're like long-term friends and stuff like that, I Yeah, thought. at some point in the series, she mentions that one of the other Masters was the one who brought her into the Jedi Order. Yeah. Um, which, I, that person does not fight the way she does either. And in fact, I don't know that I've seen anyone else fight the way she does. Uh, there's only one person I've seen, and they're... Uh, it's the character of Starkiller from Star Wars The Force Unleashed video games. So, okay. like, well, not even an actual person we've seen on screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's very unique to her in terms of people we've seen. But I also kind of get the sense that Anakin is not the first person she's been assigned to. So it's my explanation for that, which, again, I'm making up whole cloth, is that it's someone we don't know has trained her in this way. And maybe died before her apprenticeship was finished. Maybe maybe she put her own spin on it. She's untrainable. And that's why they sent her to Anakin. You know? Yeah, maybe. I'd be I would love to to venture down that rabbit hole and see where that one goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But we never do, do we? I'm not telling. (laughs) Should just record that as a soundbite and play that anytime <laughs> I ask a question during the next uh, six uh, episodes we're going to do of this one. So, well, by the time we get to the sixth one, shortly. That's true. You're like, you know what? I don't have any questions left. I'm good. Yeah. Or we'll Let me answer some of questions. your questions. No. <laughs> uh, let's see. Episode ten. Um, Phil Lamar as the voice for Kit Fisto. Yes. Uh, and I just could not hear. I could always hear a little bit of Hermes comrade from Futurama in every single thing he said. And you're like, Oh, you must be, you know, be patient. And I'm like, yes, Hermes, of course. Um, liked his, uh, Padawan Nadar, um, so, who evidently was voiced by Tom Kenny. Yeah. This uh, is a note of SpongeBob fame. So too, uh, Nadar is, is not his Padawan anymore. Nadar is correct. Cause he got Jedi smoked at now. the end of the uh, Oh. Well, no, but the, at the beginning of the episode, he was, they were no, oh. this was apparently a special mission where they were reunited. Right. Yeah. They, his old Padawan, now a knight, uh, mm-hmm. was reunited with his old master. Yeah. And then promptly dies because just... he went back, regressed to apprentice level, gave in to ambition and uh, uh, anger and tried to fight General Grievous only to get smoked. Yep. Smoked so. calamari. Yeah, exactly. Smoked calamari. <laughs> it's tasty. A little rubbery, but tasty. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I don't know. Was it a little obvious that Nadar got red-shirted? Maybe. Um, it, maybe, but I was just so psyched for Kit Fisto. Yeah. That I, uh, <laughs> I want to see more of him, too. Like, he was very... I got, like, a surfer vibe off of him for some reason. I think that you know might be I mean? the Hermes Conrad sneaking in. <laughs> and that's probably it. Yeah, I'm just probably thinking like, oh yeah, you know, like yeah, it's time for his 421 smoothie. You know, it's a uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. The only other note I had on that episode was uh, General Grievous's repair droid looks like EV99. Uh, one of the, the no, uh, <laughs> that's just Eve. Uh, EV99 is the voice or is the robot in the bottom of Java's palace who assigned oh. yeah uh yes or no will do like that one that's EV99 mm-hmm. um somehow she was the only female droid i know of in the original star wars trilogy 
Um, but the General Grievous Repair Droid, whose name escapes me at the moment, looks like the same kind of model and everything like that. I, 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 I'm betting that's where they got the design from. Um, yeah, just one of those little small little minor notes. But uh, yeah, uh, episode 10, uh, loved it. Well, loved it. I liked it. I liked Kit Fisto mm -hmm. um, and definitely want to see more of him in the future. Um, and then uh, the next episode, episode 11, is when um, another super famous voice actor that I can pick out of a crowd now uh, is Jim Cummings, mm -hmm. um, who is um, probably the voice of a third of your childhood, if you go down the list. Uh, sp specifically, he's Winnie the Pooh. Um, he's Pete from Goof Troop and, uh, he's Tigger. He's like half the voices in Skyrim. Um, he's, yeah, he, he's a master. Um, if you ever get the chance, there's, uh, there's a clip of him at a, at a convention when he does, um, some lines from Darth Vader in the voice of Winnie the Pooh and they're magical. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. You will tell us horrifying. the location of the rebel base. Oh, you will be sorely punished. Like it's, it's amazing. You have to see it. That no. Okay. <laughs> I will admit. So I don't enjoy experiencing fear. I'll say that. Um, okay. Some people do. I'm not one of them. Okay. There were trailers for the, they rebooted the Stephen King classic it recently mm -hmm. right yeah and the new pennywise rather than attempting to do a tim curry impression which would have been the wrong move right because uh, who, who even tries to impersonate tim curry right he he put his own new voice into mm -hmm. pennywise the murderous monster who often appears as a clown and that voice reminded me terribly of winnie the pooh i can definitely see that yep. <laughs> and so now to think of a clip like a series where actual winnie the pooh is is reading vader um sounds scary to me and i think i will not <laughs> to avoid my like, my pass. nightmares i don't need to i don't need to have dreams of being force choked in a hundred acre wood I just... <laughs> I'm sure it's really it's cool. Time for interrogation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's really cool, but I just don't think I'm up for it. <laughs> uh, let's see. On a very small, minor uh, Star Wars note as well, this episode we finally get to see what a Gundark looks like. Yeah. Um, in Empire Strikes Back, Han says Luke looks strong enough to pull the ears off a Gundark, and now we know what they look like. Yeah, and in fact, their Anakin ears. Anakin fights the the mother of all Gundarks. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, is that sorry, like literal? Is it like a queen bee situation? You know, they did not go into that. Like they, At when all. they said the mother of all Gundarks, like they didn't say it like it was like the, you know, the mother of all Gundarks. So like it's, <laughs> they played it very straight on that line. And I'm like, is it like a queen hive combination thing? Like, is, or is it, it a, just a yeah. big damn Gundark? Yeah. She's like, just, she molt other Gundarks. I don't know what's going on. Um, and yeah, this was the one I had a note on about like, I get why Palpatine's undercover, but why doesn't Count Dooku go by his Sith title? Um, yeah. That one just, yeah. I, uh, I I don't honestly know about that one because it's not like, he's not pulling like a, like a Batman. He doesn't have to have Bruce Wayne and a Batman. He's just Iron Man, you know, like it's, he's out. So yeah. to speak. So I don't. I don't know. It just maybe one of our listeners can answer that for us. But I'm confused on that note. 
I, he uses it some, I wouldn't even say an Iron Man. He's like a Doctor Strange where it's just the same name all the time. And yeah. <laughs> I know he has a, a Darth, is it Tyrannus, Tyrannus? Yeah, I think um, it's Tyrannus. But he uses it so infrequently that I forget about it in between conversations specifically with you, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so, like, we're like, why even have one, dude? Like, yeah, it's not like Vader went back to Skywalker like half the time or anything, you know? I don't he, know. He never did. Uh, yeah. he Once he's Vader, he's Vader. Um, well, we got to see more of uh, Count Dooku in episode 12 with the, the classic tie to your enemy trope like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, I did like how they were they they escaped and were recaptured two or three different times, and they were trying out like different things. Like the Sith tried out sticking a knife into the into the lock kit. Um, Obi Wan tried uh, mind bending a uh, a guard. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they all tried their different ways to get out. I thought it was thought it was a neat touch. They're like, oh, we've got my technique for this instead. All that. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun stretch. I feel like we have talked about this episode, or at least these two episodes, a lot already because we were talking about uh, Hondo and the constant kidnappings and the joint kidnappings and mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. and the team kidnappings. But this was this was a fun episode. I would say if someone is going to start watching the series but refuses to to watch all of it for some reason, um, don't skip these two. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, this was the introduction of Hondo. Um, yeah as the first first episode he's in and i'm again i'm speaking from ignorance but i'm pretty sure he makes his way through the entire show and is a foil uh to obi-wan specifically but to the jedi in general um we'll see if i'm right but i get the feeling uh that he's just like i'm kind of your friend but i'm also going to steal from you (laughs) yeah obi-wan kind of throws him that you know i I have no grudge against you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you've you've got nothing to bargain with. You've got nothing we want. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, classic Jedi answer. I loved it. Uh, let's see. Episode 13. Um, what do I have in here? Oh, yes. This was the uh, this was the small little race of Irish monkeys. Yes. Which sounds racist as soon as it came out of my mouth, but I swear it's not. No, they they look like a specific kind of monkey that gets animated a lot they are almost like lemurs right they do kind of look like a lemur you're right they look lemur-esque in their face um and they all seem to have uh british isle accents um even though they live underground or they live in caves they don't they live in giant seeds that they carve out there we go i was like they're, they're in something it's it's very strange i yeah this episode to me, is one that I forget in between watches. And I love, I love Ayla Sakura. Um, I, I think that she's great. And this is, you know, her, is this her first episode or? It is, yeah. Yeah. So this is the introduction of her. But then, they, yeah, they go deal with um, with these people on Meridun. Um, and we do... Ayla and Ahsoka have that important conversation about Jedi having personal attachments. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, we don't want to get involved in the war. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure thing. Check. No problem. Um, but we are dying. Can we have some medicine? And then we jump into the next episode. <laughs> yeah. 
And and my note for the end of that episode is, uh, you know, while I admire the pacifistic ideology of the alien race in this episode, you know, like, you know, uh, violence does generally beget more violence half the time or, or in general. Um, but I do think they're philosophically there, or I guess even morally that there, there is a line to be drawn to defend your own life and the lives of others. Um, I don't disagree with you, but I also don't think that that's the perspective that, uh, the Lermans have. Like, I don't think that perspective is available to them at this point. Remember it's, it's very early in the war. Right, um, yeah. It's and they still had Republic... evidently moved away from a war area already. They're like right. refugees in of itself again. So this is a community that's that's still in recovery from from war, right? And the current war is not between like the Empire and the Rep. It's the Separatists and the Republic. And most of the war seems to be based from people who are not in the inner circle on trade disagreements. And so to the Lerman, why? Yeah. <laughs> why not their problem. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I can, you and know, they, they're like, please don't bring your crisis here. <laughs> yeah. And, and they bring a great point because as soon as they did, all kinds of shit just came down. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in, in the conclusion to the, oh, also, this is the, this is the arc, uh, the two episode arc that had George Takei as, uh, what was he? Was he a Gungan? Was he uh, boss Nemo- masses? Nemoidian, I think. He was Nemoidian. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. Like with like Newt Gunray and uh, and the people on the Trade Federation droid ships in episode one. Yeah. Okay. Is that right? Uh, you know, as soon right. as you said it, it sounds right. Uh, Nemoidian. Uh, I would I would agree with you. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. And and this had George Takei in it, and uh, my note is Star Trek alone wasn't good enough for you, Takei. <laughs> um. But I know, I know there's several actors who have. Star Trek and Star Wars credits. Um, Including I dream of being one. One of my all-time favorites, uh, Ming-Na Wen. Yeah, Ming-Na Wen, yep. Is she... No, wait, is she on Star Trek yet? No, I'm wait, sorry. Ming-Na... She's not. Ming-Na Wen Who is, she is an Star agent Wars? of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's in... Uh, she was in The Mandalorian. She is Fennec Shand. Ah. She has not done okay. Star Trek yet. I'm getting my my fandoms conflated. Yeah, I must say, she, I think maybe you might think Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh has done Star Trek. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, think she's done Star Wars. No, she hasn't. Though. Ming-Na. I wasn't. I it. I wasn't confusing Ming-Na with Michelle Yeoh. I, for some reason, had supplanted Star Trek in my mind with the MCU. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> With, I was thinking of her role on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Got it. Okay. And, of course, she is also a Disney princess. Yeah, she's Mulan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the real Mulan. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, also, Simon Pegg. He's, he's got Trek and Star Wars credits, too. He does. Um, but, anyway. Uh, I The ending of this episode, um, you know, the the would you would you call them the lermians yeah lermans the lemurs um (laughs) did finally like rise up and like start using like the farm utensils and tools and stuff like that to to take over or not to take over but to like defend themselves and everything like that yeah um and you know it's it's like i was uh mentioning earlier about the line being drawn and the the inevitable conclusion is that if someone declares war on you 
you're at war whether you like it or not. Yeah, you don't you don't really get to no thank you someone yeah. declaring war. Because they'll just keep going and you yeah. can you can lay down, you can you know, they're they're gonna do their thing regardless. So they're gonna do a war. Yeah. This is this started getting into like a little bit of like the whole philosophical merits behind war in general. Um and I uh I like that they 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 did that. Uh, they dig into it a little bit in the next episode too. I want to I want to talk about. Yeah, um, I think even more so in the next episode. Very much more so. In fact, let's just talk about the next episode. Let's just move right. right into it. Episode fifteen. It's a territory um, dispute. <laughs> yes, uh, between um, the Talls and um, I can't remember the the name of the blue skinned race that were that hold the moon of it. I don't, they were, I just remember them being the people of Pantora. Pantora. There we go. Yes. That Pantorans, the, we'll call them, I guess. The moon of Pantora. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, yeah. Like you said, it's a land dispute, a uh, territory dispute over the two of them. Um, and it did, it, to me, it did get a little, I, I mean, pr- I guess preachy is the word I'm looking for with the anti-war sentiment. And I'm generally anti-war. So like, I felt a little like, wow, really? Yeah. Um, I also think that they, they made the chairman a little i'm about to say cartoony like it's not a cartoon right <laughs> but you know they did lean one dimensional a little hard into that well he's just a, a power hungry but this is our planet blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know? and then to die like they could have had him like learn his lesson and then live or something like that right yeah. or like let's have maybe the, have the one of the towels save his life save yeah. everything with negotiation with negotiations, yeah. Throwing the spear a into the bit, ground. Um, she was a little bit reminiscent of early Padme. I could see that. Huge eyes, too. Like, kept thinking their race must be nocturnal or something. Um, I mean, they might be. They live on a moon. Right, for all we know, yeah. Um, but I did like the overall ending like uh, message, I guess. Uh, to me, this episode kind of showed the the delicate balance that the Jedi try to hold between being true to the Force and you know and being and serving life itself, and also being soldiers in a war where they have to defeat and kill enemy and everything. It's a yeah. uh, Ahsoka had to had to dance that line throughout the entire uh, episode. It felt like, or not Ahsoka. Um, well, yeah, no, I think Ahsoka was in there. But the Jedi in general, they all had to uh, mm. show that they had to face these two things simultaneously. And while they might hold contradictory opinions on both of them, they have to do both of them. So uh, I'm hoping that the rest of the show will get into some more of like the meat of that kind of philosophy of like, you know, yeah, war is hell. War makes you, uh, war, it offers you choices that you don't want to make either one, but you have to do one or the other kind of a deal. Right. This planet is settled, though. <laughs> yeah, this planet's done. They're good. The Talls have their own planet. They have. They were given sovereignty and everything, and everything was yeah. wrapped up in a neat little bow. But much so. like the Lerman, it's like, all right, peace out. See you never. Yep, exactly. Bye! <laughs> um, and we never see the Talls again, I think. Um, Not that I recall, but they, yeah. they could just be very forgettable. <laughs> it's true, yeah. The only other time I know that they show up is in the Star Wars books um, during the X-Wing series. Uh, there is a Tulls that's like medically experimented on or something like that. But other than oh, that, yeah, they're weird. pretty much... Well, yeah, it's a whole, whole storyline. Um, anybody ever want to go read the X-Wing series books? 
by Michael Stackpole and Aaron Alston. Uh, they are amazing and uh, are much better than what's Disney's pumping out right now. So, <laughs> um, anyway, okay. So, uh, looks like we might be on to episode sixteen. Yeah. Um, I really should start writing down the name, the titles of these episodes. I was just trying to burn. Th- I'm, I'm sorry, folks. I was burning through the first season trying to make sure I had everything ready for the for the show. And um, she's like, "Oh, you're 16. Here are my notes. Good. I've got uh, a list in front of me. It's called The Hidden Enemy. Oh, okay, good. So this was the, uh, the not necessarily a bottle episode, but it was the clone troopers looking for the, uh, the rat in their midst, the traitor. Right, right. Yeah. And it turns out to be the one named Slick. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Just it's it's the truthful guy over there. Pick him. No. Um yeah, it was it was a fun little thing. Um I uh it it definitely humanized the trooper some. Um and you know showed what they're like when a Jedi's not around. Mm-hmm. Um I so when you say it humanized the troopers, are you talking about the betrayer or the betrayed or all of them a little bit yes for for all of them um the uh slick brought up some good points you know you ever yeah. I, I love those movies and stuff like that where the where the villain actually has a point and you're like you know i can kind of see where he's coming from on that like he's not yeah he's not wrong and he's also <laughs> not i mean he's the villain at this point but the other troopers aren't at this point they're they're really not they're effectively and although we've been watching they were very careful to make sure we saw multiple jedi having humanizing conversations with squadrons of clones first but mm-hmm. they are still very much being treated like you know chattel they're made they're uh they they're fall. raised at camino they're sent out in groups they die they get replaced mm-hmm. yeah um i i think i saw a couple episodes ago ayala sakura kind of like bow her head for like a moment when hearing that three troopers died but like other than that, it was like, how many people do we lose? We lost 32. Oh, well, the good news is we can go over here. And like, they just kind of pass over it because they're just clones. Yeah. You know, that's, do these, do these clones have rights? I mean, like, can they, can they vote? You know, like what's the, I don't think they can vote. Yeah. I don't think they can either. It's all, it's also really unclear to me who participates in voting anywhere like different planets have their own systems and then if they're part of the republic they all send a senator and then the senator votes on behalf of the but but yeah i i mean who there's no clone representation in the senate yeah and so slicks seems to to have a point to me when he says my brothers are slaves your slave you uh, you enslave them and send them to their deaths and i'm like well that's that's a that's a right label to me like what what are even even my wife was like, wait, so why are these people, why are the clones following the Jedi? Yeah. And I'm like, well, from what I understand, uh, Jedi Sifo Bass, like 10 years ago, put an order in. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Like, these the are, these are property. Yeah. These are products. It's a service they've been provided. You know, it's like AAA. It's mm-hmm. just triple trooper. I don't know. Um, but... So it's, it, it did humanize a little bit. Like, I guess looking from that perspective, like, you know, sure, we, we see all these clones that are like gung-ho and everything like that, but certainly not all of them can be. Right. Like, and I know they're all exactly the same, but they're all a little different. And some of them will be like, fuck this. I don't want to fucking fight for these people. And they don't have the option to opt out. Yeah. So by that, by that definition, they are literally enslaved. So like I can, it, he, 
you know, it brought up a good point, and I wonder what, if anything, the Jedi do about those troopers who, you know, they get back from battle or something like that, and one of them just raises their hand, like, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. I'm, you know, I want to go home to uh, to a farm or something like that. What's a farm? I've never seen one, but I've heard about them. <laughs> and I want to try that out. It's better than dying on a rock fighting a bug or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> got a little Starship Troopers there. Sorry. But <laughs> you got Starship Troopers in my Star Wars. But still, uh, I this, yeah, the, the episode as a whole, I, you know, I found to be a little uh, easier to, I guess, come understand where some of the uh, troopers were coming from. Mm-hmm. But um, it is sort of a bottle episode also. In that it is. It's not connected to anything immediately before or after. Yeah. And, you know, no no big actors are in there or anything like that. Like, they probably just pumped this out. You know, 20 minutes, plot, we're good. You know, get a couple of D-list voice actors. Get D. Bradley Baker. Anybody else? No, no, just him. He's going to do the whole show. And that's something that's that's really interesting about it is that he, you know, he did that one mostly on his own. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so that was that was pretty good, in my opinion. Um, uh, What are your thoughts on it? Um, I liked it. I will say that normally I'm a big sucker for the killer is one of us whodunits. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. That element did not appeal to me at all in this episode. Oh, okay. I don't know why. It just didn't land. Hmm. Um, I also thought that it was, they gave the guy with the sneakiest name, the murderous intent. Yeah. Um, Yeah. A little on the nose on that one. And there weren't really any red herrings. Like I didn't, I didn't feel any suspense in, in not knowing who the killer was until I knew who the killer was. Um, That's a good point. They really could have thrown somebody else in there. Like Slick could have like framed somebody else for it or something like that. And would have yeah. Made it so it, I mean that that didn't make it not a good episode for me. I was still very interested. You know, like I said, it was a gas to to have one voice actor playing off of himself so much. Yeah. Um, it did raise great points about the clones and their status in society. Um, it's just they they framed it sort of as one thing in the beginning of the episode. And, though, and even though the plot sort of followed that line, it didn't feel like that thing that they framed it as in the beginning. Okay. Yeah. I could, I could see that. Um, well, I, uh, I wonder how many more bottle-like episodes like that there will be. I, if I were to estimate, I would say so many. Oh really? Um, okay. Not, not <laughs> yeah. all necessarily cloney. I'm just gonna let you know the first, the first two to three seasons of this series um, are like that. Like season one is, you know, we'll get short arcs. We're not going to get season long plot arcs right, for right. a couple weeks. Makes sense. Uh, well, okay. So let's see. Um, so I think episodes 17 and 18 were a, were a two part story arc as well. Yes. Um, and like and we mentioned, they take place over the course of maybe a day and a half. Yeah. Uh, and the first note I have on it is um, stereotypical German scientist question mark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know this is for kids that fe- it still felt a little ham fisted on that trope. Um, like it almost felt like Looney Tunes ish. Dr. Bindi. Uh, yeah. He had his, I don't know. Are those eye sacks? Is it a mask? What is that around his face? But he it looks like he's really old- tired. <laughs> 
right? Yeah. <laughs> like, man, that guy's, he's got jet lag for days. Um, but I can't tell. It looked like he was wearing just like a, like a weird, sh weirdly shaped domino mask or something, you know? Like, I couldn't mm -hmm. tell, like, is he just really playing up the whole villain thing? Like, yes, I'm going to do German jobs things. It's going to be great. I don't know. Um, he he yeah. reminded me of Dr. Zola. <laughs> see that's what i'm saying like stereotypical german scientist really come on i'm yeah. belgian shut up yeah um, and his whole thing right they corner him at one point he's like i was hired to invent a virus not an antidote so this is the right he invents a virus the virus is going to go off they capture him to to get the antidote and he's like there is no antidote which at least i mean they they find it eventually everybody don't worry the main characters don't die Oh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but this to me, like as stereotypical as that character is, I thought, finally, a mad scientist who makes their big destructive bioweapon and doesn't also make the cure and conveniently store it in the same lab. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least that's one trope that we avoided. Fair. Yeah. He just did the there is no cure in maniacal laugh, maniacal yeah. laugh. Yeah, no, uh, that uh, great point. Uh, yeah, they didn't take the full trope to the full 18 of it, I guess. Mm. Um, I think this one did show a little bit more of Padme and Anakin's like relationship near oh, the end. Oh, for sure. Uh, for where sure. he's like, you know, oh, Senator, Senator Amidala, I'm so glad you're okay. And she's like, thank you. I want to shake your hand. And they're like totally holding hands. <laughs> um, and I have a feeling those are just going to get more and more as the series progresses. To the point I mean, where it's, you know, my love is such a love for you, my love, as we heard in episode three. Like, you know, they get married, right? Yeah, I know. I know <laughs> they get married. I'm just saying, like, is it, uh, it going to be, I, I, I picture it getting more and more overt. But I also know that it can't get it, it, overt enough to the point that Obi-Wan's like, what the fuck's going on? It can't so, get more overt than it is in yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, but in this, in this say, season, I'll, he's like I'll hiding underneath the desk Padme and stuff. Padme doesn't get pregnant during the series. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? That's yeah. in the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had I had two other things. I, I had a lot of things about this two-episode arc, actually. Yeah, shoot for it. Yeah, go for it. Um, one, just a little, the virus gets loose. You've got the clone troopers in the, like, what should be the safe room with mm -hmm. Ahsoka, but some of the, they're like, some of the virus must have gotten into the room, which I guess is airborne. Um, and that blue smoke. Yeah. The blue shadow. And they're like, Oh, we're all dead. What are their, why do their helmets cover their whole face? If there's no air filtration system, why were the fully helmeted clone troopers dying at the same pace as Ahsoka who had no protection whatsoever and Padme who was in a hazmat suit much later than the rest of them, but then got a tear in it at one point. Yeah, I... The disease seemed to be hitting all of them at roughly the same rate. So the trooper armor, I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think Finn mentions something in the Disney trilogy about how their stormtrooper helmets are... Um, able to filter smoke, but not poison gas. Fair enough. So but that alone weapon, like still an airborne seems virus? dumb. I mean, I'm just saying, I have been walking around for two years with a glorified napkin on my face and managed right? to not catch, an, not catch a virus. Yeah. 
So I would hope that a helmet with an air filtration system would have kept them safe for at least an hour. My my, um, chemical protection mask in the army uh, was able to filter out smoke and poison gas. Who knew? Like it's, it, it, it's weird that a sci-fi set of armor like that does not, is not able to do that. It, it's it almost like ma- they would have dumb. to go out of their way to make sure it didn't filter out poison gas. Right. And I have to wonder if it's just, if it's just all amalgamated into, yeah, stormtrooper armor is pretty shitty, huh? None of it's good. Like uh, another thing that threw me uh, during the, what the last, was it the uh, episodes 13 and 14 with IL Sakura? Mm-hmm. Um, the troopers have like little like flashlights on their helmets. Oh yeah, Those like on each side of their often. eyes. They don't get used very often, but when they do have to turn them on, they have to turn them on with their hands. <laughs> and I tell you what, I have you know I you know I I am a native Texan, so I own some firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, they have flashlights attached to them that mm-hmm. I can turn on and off without taking my finger off the trigger. <laughs> if I'm a stormtrooper and I got to take my hand off the trigger up to my helmet to turn on a flashlight on, that is, it's just, it's dumb tactically is all. Like I've never liked a single thing about the clone trooper or the stormtrooper armors or helmets or anything. It's all just dumb. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get the poison gas thing. It's, uh, Somewhere there's a there's a stormtrooper armor designer like laughing maniacally as he runs away with millions and millions of credits and he's like I just use <laughs> tissue paper <laughs> yeah. like oh, it has to be a post credit scene or something because yeah no aspect of stormtrooper armor is good in any way shape or form besides looking white. <laughs> All right. I have one other <laughs> note on this episode, and I do want to move on and move quickly because I know we're coming up on. Yeah, we are. We're starting to come up on time. Yeah. Um, and that's that J-Bo, whose name makes me laugh. Yeah. That little kid. Yeah. Yeah. His name reminds me of uh, Jack Black as as J-B and Tenacious D, Jables. Mm, um, yeah. But yeah, J-Bo Hood, I think, is supposed to be kind of Iego's... Iego? Iego. He's, he's like their Anakin. You know, he's... Young, he's clever, he... Good with droids. Great with droids. No real hope of escape until the Jedi show up. Um, and I was kind of surprised that, like, he didn't carry through the rest of the season. We probably never see him again, do we? Yeah, we never go back to this planet again, either. Yeah. There's most of the planets we go to in the first <laughs> season are either like the ones that we're at all the time, like Naboo, right, like Coruscant, yeah. or we never see them again. <laughs> Fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I don't know, but I do see a lot of the similarities you're talking about. Um, I wonder if he was force sensitive. I don't know, but it yeah. was yeah. He but he was you know he did bring about a change like he was the new hope for that planet very true yeah a new hope indeed yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right uh let's see we are coming up uh last four uh episode 19 Mm -hmm. um ahsoka's first command so Uh, 
19, 20, and 21 are all, they have their own beats, but they're all Ryloth based. Yes. Yeah. They are Home specifically, of the yeah, yeah. Storm over Ryloth, Innocence of Ryloth, Liberty of, Wy- of Ryloth. And the first one, yeah, Ahsoka gets her first command. Doesn't follow and orders as we would expect. As she does. Yeah. Um, and but, loses everybody. Yeah, everybody dies almost. Yeah. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing to to talk to the kids about, you know, like a at, you know, at the audience. Like it's an interesting take about leadership and the responsibilities of losses while you have that mantle on and everything. And yeah, I also about think it, how you don't know everything. That's why you have to listen to your higher ups on stuff. Yeah, it also draws an interesting parallel between her and Anakin, who like also doesn't listen to authority and you know tends to skate by on being right all the time. Um, but he's not. He's not right all the time. We just don't really see him have to live with the consequences in the way we see Ahsoka have to in this episode. Yeah. I don't think I've seen Anakin, like, pine over uh, or mourn the loss of troops. Yeah, I'm, I've never seen him grieve anyone other than his mother or yeah. eventually Padme, honestly. Yeah, so... And well, that's you know, something about we Anakin, know he mourns by burning villages to the ground. So yeah, raising <laughs> things to the ground. Yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I I don't know on that one, um, but it's it's still a, a decent little story arc. Um, yeah. uh, I like the little Twilight kid. I can't remember if they ever named her, but uh, in episode twenty. Yeah, I'm surely they did, but I don't remember it. Yeah, watch her later show become a Jedi or something. <laughs> um, and then the tail end of this one, episode twenty-one, Phil Lamar's back as Phil a Lamar's as back. someone else. Um, <laughs> and this is where I started to lose track because this is my note of like they've thrown a lot of villains into this mix, uh, and I'm starting to lose track. This last guy, um, Etwat Ten or Tenwat More, I can't remember. It, I, I kept th- thinking he was a robot, but he's not. Is it Wat Tambor? Wat Tambor, there we go, I think it is. Okay. Um, he's so got like Watt a voice Tambor, modulator on. Wat Tambor appeared in Attack of the Clones, the movie. Okay. Um, he's just in the background. Got it, okay. The... I was about to say, I'm like, I don't remember him speaking in the film. Okay. No, he's just, he's like on the Confederacy. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's right. I remember, and he like, he dials his thing like he did in the in the hollow yeah. uh, com signal he was sending on this one okay yeah uh but then also there was a droid that he was working with mm-hmm. and i can't remember his name but yeah, i don't I got yeah there. so like there's there's <laughs> count dooku there's newt gunray there's uh i know you just said his name tamwar what tamwar what um and yeah that robot and uh Ventress, um, mm. they haven't even really shown Palpatine as any kind of Palpatine yet, have they? He's only, or as Sidious, he's just been Palpatine in these He's things just so being Palpatine, but like very obviously is a bad guy. And yeah, no like, oh, Anakin, so good of you to, to, I didn't know that you were still alive. You're like, dude, play it, <laughs> play it cool, man. He's not going to call you back if you keep calling him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, and I know, and, and again, this is the, we're in the, uh, long, long payoff mode where, like, I know 
Palpatine's probably not going to do anything too overtly Sithish mm-hmm. because he doesn't. His he's he's in cover. He's undercover. Like he's he's rocking it in the in the background. So, um, but I still get the feeling he'll probably try to do some like sneaky shit later on. Oh yeah, I mean um, he's doing it now. He's doing it in this episode. You know, I'm not. I mean this episode, this uh, this season. I was about to say the very next episode. I feel like he was the one who hired Canto uh, Bane in the first place, right? Kent Bane. Yeah, I think he was. I. Probably. I mean, come on. Yeah, that way he plays both sides. Either some senators die or he looks like the hero rescuing him. So. Yeah. So just uh, final notes before we move on to, to that last episode. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Mace Windu finally shows up. Yes. Mace Windu <laughs> finally shows up. And while they did not get uh, the Jackson to speak for him, I still like no. the voice actor who did it. He did a good um, job. And uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward. I, I enjoy Mace Windu. Um, I talked about before how... Uh, there are about seven forms of lightsaber combat and he's mm-hmm. a master and inventor of the, of the last one. And it's only because you can only do it if you dip into the dark side a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm, I want to see him potentially use that kind of stuff uh, here in uh, the series. I do. I have seen the micro series um, before. Back when not. it came out. Uh, it's like 2004-ish, I think. Um, yeah, I it's it. done by Jendi Tartovsky, the guy who did uh, Dexter's Lab, uh, mm-hmm. Samurai Jack. Um, did he do the Powerpuff Girls too? Am I thinking of that one? Anyway, um, really great. It was about two, I think it was just two parts. Uh, and there's a huge um, Anakin and Asajj Ventress fight uh, in that series as well. Um. And you know what? After I don't know, maybe after the this Clone Wars, we'll go back and just do like the micro series. It's like a little special because it's not long. It's just like it's like a little mini special kind of thing. So yeah, I'm down. Shaggy shows up from Scooby Doo. <laughs> I, really? I I wish I wish I were kidding. In the in the Star Wars micro series, there is a Jedi by there's a Jedi by the name of Shaggy, and it's S H A apostrophe A. And then last name G-H-I. And he, he's got the little scruff on his chin. He holds a green lightsaber. And I think he gets uh, smoked by uh, General Grievous. Does he eat but a really like, big sandwich? You know, it, I don't know if it really does. He might say <laughs> zoinks. But like people are like, hey, dude, that kind of looks like Shaggy. And they're like, funny you should say that. His name is Shaggy. So, yeah, it's it's pretty much canon. Uh, Ultra Lord Shaggy is a, a real thing now. Oh, um, but, yeah. Uh, and and Mace Windu is also in the micro series and has this huge droid fight um, that's amazing to watch too. Uh, and I want to see him do that kind of stuff here in in this series as well. Um, did not see him pull his lightsaber in this in this episode. I think. No, he was so, being the negotiator. Yeah, the... and just like doing some force pushing and stuff, but no real, no real stabby stabby yet. No. Um. Yeah, no, I thought that was a good old story arc, and uh, I I liked Ryloth. I, I like how they did it, except how they pronounced the ra- the race name. Yeah. Uh, or a species name, so. Uh, wouldn't mind going back there. We'll see. I'm sure, like, maybe Ayala Sakura has, like, a like a business on her home planet or something like that they could go back to. I do like her a lot. Yeah. And that's um, all I'll say about that. <laughs> I was, I was listening, uh, apologies, listeners, I was, I was trying to rush and get some get some stuff stuff in for time so i was listening to some of the episodes at double speed and so while they did kind of sound like chipmunks does ayala sakura have a french accent <laughs> um 
Because she you know softens what? some of her R's a lot, and it just sounds either like Quebecois or French to me. So yeah, I don't, I don't know that I pegged it as French, but that's something that I noticed um, here and in other series that uh, natives of Ryloth don't—they don't have hot eyes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh yes, says the person who's a temporary Bostonian. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, I think that's that's um, a regional accent, much the way okay. that the the Coruscant accent sounds a little, a little British, like yeah. Alec Guinness. Um, <laughs> I, the the Ryloth accent uh, maybe maybe sounds un petit French. I'm you know I'm okay with that. Is they're consistent throughout the entire thing, except for you know a, a few. It's not like the whole race has to have one accent. I get that, but like it's if it's consistent, you're like, oh yeah, that that sounds like a Twilight speaking. Yeah, great. and I think specifically people from the capital area of Ryloth. That makes sense. Um, and then, yeah, so we uh, wrapping up with the uh, episode 22, the conclusion of the first season mm-hmm. um, with uh, Canto Bane uh, kidnapping, or I guess not taking hostage really more because he didn't really take him anywhere. Yeah, um, Cad, Cad Bane, the bounty hunter. Cad Bane, uh, excuse me. Who, who I think is a lot of fun. Um, a lot like, uh, what was this? Hondo? Hondo. I get those two confused right now. Um, yeah. So Cad Bane, for other is, stuff, he's yeah. got a blue face and tubes. I think he's a Duros. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. I okay. remember Cad Bane by his hat. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> by his excellent hat. Oh man! Well, if Jim Cummings does the voice of Hondo, who does the voice of uh, Corey Burton? Corey Burton. Okay. Um, he's known as the current voice of Captain Hook, Ludwig von Drake, Dale, and other characters for the Walt Disney Company. That makes uh, sense. Brainiac in the DC animated universe. Uh, Zeus in the God of War series. He's also C- Count Dooku. Yeah. <laughs> in this series. Yeah. Evidently, all I need to do is get one gig as a voice actor and I'll have six. <laughs> um, <laughs> Renee got the right idea. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I don't think they came out and said it, but I am like 100% sure that Palpatine was, uh, was paying Bane to do all this. Well, I think if I remember correctly, like this episode ends the the series ends but it's this moment does not it's sort of a cliffhanger got it okay because uh right anakin is still on the loot cad bane is not captured at the end Mm. of it unless i'm sorry fam i didn't finish the end of this episode before we came to record (laughs) Uh, he is not captured no he wrote off in the sunset i believe yeah yeah so i think there's there's more of him there's more of chasing him down yeah I thought it was a little so uh earlier in this earlier in the episode uh Anakin is trying to persuade Padme to uh take a secret getaway. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm supposed to be at a meditation retreat right now. Why don't we go find a hotel for two weeks and bang? Cuz they're in love. Um, they're in love. It's <laughs> fine. Yeah, I get that. Um, but so to, I guess to prove his love to her, he, Anakin gives her, gives Padme his lightsaber. Yeah, that, I mean, 
that was a dumb move. Yeah. It was, as it was happening, you're kind of like, no, oh, come on, yeah, man. That's a, give her a spare or something. There's, from, there's from a what tiny we understand, piece he has to make like 10 of them, right? Yeah. There's a tiny piece of me that hoped that like it meant she was going to use it. Yeah. She would wipe a couple people out or something, open a door or something. Yeah. This, it but was she not, was literally a, a holder for it. Yeah. It was not the Chekhov's gun that I wanted it to be. Yeah. That did not fire off at all. Um, and then, because of that, supposedly it was super easy to capture Anakin. Which is crazy, because he's supposed to, like, his force sensitivity is not lightsaber-based. Right! That's, a Jedi, you, if you take a lightsaber away from a Jedi, you still have a Jedi. Like, precog, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. Flipping through the air, like, mind control, force push. Yeah. Just crumpling robots with their bare hands. Like, how is that? How is it easy to capture a Jedi knight like that? That's it. Just, just didn't make any sense to me. And like, aware the only thing I of think your of, surroundings, dude. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Listen to things. I, I guess the only thing I can, well, the only way I can kind of like rationalize it in my mind is Anakin is all about the fight, and so like when. All you have is a hammer. Everything looks like a nail. If you take mm-hmm. away his lightsaber, he's like, well, I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> I put, like, that kind of sounds like Anakin. You know, I bit. mean, it does. I chalked it up more to uh, tunnel vision. Yeah, and, just and focusing on of, Padme and everything. Focusing on Padme and, and overconfidence. He's like, I'm not going to get caught. They'll never catch me. Yeah. So, of course, they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I... Uh, I do not recall what happens next in the beginning of next season, so I don't, um, I don't have any like predictions or anything like that going forward. But um, yeah, that seemed a little weird for me that he was able to just be like, "Oh yeah, we we, oh this Jedi doesn't have his lightsaber," and all of a sudden, uh, bad guys are like, "Oh, go hunt that dude down like right now, <laughs> get get him while the getting's good." And you're like, "No, I mean, he's- sure he's more vulnerable." without it than with it but yeah, yeah he's not a sitting duck right yeah it's still a jedi i mean uh in empire strikes back um darth vader same technically the same dude mm. absorbed some blaster bolts from han solo uh over a dining room table yep like i i don't know it's <laughs> it just seemed a little uh let's make it easy so that we can uh, move the plot forward kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to look past it. Uh, and I guess Padme was almost caught uh, with the lightsaber. Oh, uh, their secret love affair was exactly. Almost... Yeah. Not even, yeah. Not even in, in, in danger of being caught of like her life, just being in danger of being found out really. Mm-hmm. Because of the lightsaber that he shouldn't have left with her. Yeah, because for <laughs> dumb dumb reason number one, yeah. And uh, yeah, how would, she, how would she have explained that to Bale, Organa? I don't know. Yeah, and I don't think she did either, which is why he's like, oh, if only I had my lights. She goes, oh, you dropped this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> dropped it, sure. Jedi I, I, are known I, for dropping things and not yeah. noticing. Yeah, Jedi always just, yeah, they never pick it up or anything. Yeah, they, it's not like they even have to bend over for it, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah, I dropped that. That's right here. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. But overall, um, I really enjoyed this whole season. Um, I think it's, I think it's, again, a lot of exposition and introduction. So 
a lot of the places or pieces were set into place. Yes. And so. I forgot a lot of them. And that's okay. Yeah. Because if we ever go back, we've got the announcer guy at the beginning right. of the episode to explain. Previously where we are. on Star Wars the Cold Wars. Yeah. <laughs> no, I tried to do it. I started going a little weird on that one. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know if I have much more to add about the, this particular season. Um, how about you, Caitlin? I don't. Um, okay. I, I like the the thing that excites me about this season is the character introductions more than anything else. Plot yeah. wise, I find it underwhelming. Very. I'm just hyped. I love the series as a whole. Now we're seeing the characters like we're seeing the Padme I like where Cad Bane is here. Um, we've got so, so many clones. Um, so this is like this is the pregame for me. This is the get hyped season where nothing's really happening yet i'm just singing the fight song over and over until until it pops off what is hyped can never die got it okay (laughs) um all right well uh i i guess that will wrap up today's show uh i want to again thank all those wonderful humans and patreon supporters for their continual support and if you'd like to visit the cantina yourself uh and play a pivotal role in our future star wars discussions you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash notarobotpodcasts with tiers that start out at just a dollar a month. That is where you'll find all things Not A Robot. Uh, you can also follow this podcast at on Twitter at NARTVandMovies and send in show mail to notarobottvandmovies at gmail.com. Send, a mes- send us a message on Patreon as a supporter for an opportunity to have your idea discussed on the show. Join us next time when we discuss The Clone Wars Season 2. And thank you, humans, for sliding in the cantina with us. As always, there is only one way to say goodbye around here. Until next time, don't start a relationship uh, in secret with a galactic senator. And don't (laughs) be a robot. (laughs) Goodbye, folks. (laughs) 